Yo, yo, yo. Yo. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast. The podcast where we go over the Nintendo Power magazines in order. We started at the beginning. Started at the beginning. We're getting pretty far. We're, um, you know, we're still in the old Nintendo era. Um, a little, a little before my time, but, but I am Brett. Uh, I live in LA. I like to write and, um, we got my nice little, little co-host over here. The big old, the big Weston himself. Hey, it's me. I'm Weston. (laughs) I'm a writer who lives in LA. We love Nintendo tapes. Yeah. We like uh, Nintendo. We like gaming. Uh, so we're just gonna, we're gonna buckle in, go into these magazines. Uh, it's been, it's been a long week. I had fun. I worked hard. Now all I want to do this is, is read a magazine from 20-something years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting. It's, I feel like I have, I'm gaining knowledge on something very unimportant, which is kind of right. fun. It's kind of fun to like start getting knowledge on something very obscure, and uh, I feel like I'm part of a very exclusive group. You, Not me. that I'm far, super far in it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we got seven issues in or, or whatever. This is, so... I'm a little older than you, so I did have NES era Nintendo Powers back in the day. Yeah, but I didn't have this one. We're on issue eight. Um, yeah, and I'd see these like probably. You know, I feel like I might like be at a GameStop and see one. You know. Yeah, and it would be like one of the yeah one of the <laughs> one of the GameCube ones back back in the day uh, after after my Nintendo P era. <laughs> yeah. All right. So well, th- this issue is. Uh, yeah, shoot. What, what issue are? What's the? This is issue eight. It's September, oh, October, nineteen eighty nine, and oh, actually had that written down. The cover. Yeah. So right off the bat, we got we got a pretty big one. Uh, weirdly, I, I, I'm always surprised that this is a good game, but it's Ducktales is the big is the big game for this one. I, I made you play this. What when we recorded last? I yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we played this a little bit, and like, uh, it's just weird having these like licensed games actually be pretty solid. Uh, Once upon a time, there was these. Disney must have been like I. I don't know what video games are. John Disney, Roy Disney, who was for, in charge back then? It was uh, 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 some some guy named Disney. <laughs> I think this was after the Roy Disney era. I think it was. Um, oh, what is his name? This is pretty early on in games, like home consoles. Obviously, this is like the start of it coming back. Uh, Michael Eisner. That's who I was thinking. Ah, of. His last name's not Disney. No, I, I think Lame. he was the first non-Disney Disney did, Lord. Did uh, do you know? Did did the old Walt Disney? Did he have kids? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, let's find out if. Uh, no matter what, if he had kids, probably are we going to say absent dad for sure? He had two. <laughs> he had Sharon May Disney and Diane Disney Miller. Oh, did any of them like? Did any of them get involved in the old business? Uh, were they ever like the owners? Uh, he also has grandkids. Disney family. Wow. Let me see. We, Elias Disney. Look at those little Disney. I guess that's Walt and Roy. So Roy Disney was in charge of the company after Walt died. Who is, his, is that his brother? His brother, yeah. And then. Didn't want to give it to one of the old daughters. <laughs> it's so weird to think about Disney now versus like what Disney was in 1989. Because, like, Disney now, just they, they've bought Star Wars, they bought Pixar, they bought... Yeah, they're, like, it's, they just kind of, like, own, own everything now. Yeah, they're, like, the centralized, like, super company for media things. Yeah. 
they bought Fox. <laughs> Marvel is is they they bought uh, like seven years ago or something. It's crazy. And but like back in the eighties, Disney was like. I don't know. We got all these old cartoons. What if we updated them and made them hip for the children? They had the Disney Afternoon, and they had Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, where they turned Ooh. one chipmunk into Indiana Jones and one chipmunk into Magnum P.I. And uh, they, Good they, call. Yeah, they solved mysteries. Um, you had DuckTales, which is like, hey, what if DuckTales, but we turned one of the ducks into Indiana Jones. <laughs> but we, we don't, we're not going to put him in the jet. We're going to turn... Wait, is Scrooge kind of an Indiana Jones-like figure? Well, that's what's crazy. Like, I in DuckTales... I thought he was just a dick. He is a dick. That's what's funny about it, is he's a dick who's also a billionaire adventurer. Oh, really? Yeah. And you, oh, man. And we love him for it. All right. And then... Okay, Scrooge. Yeah, and let's give him, uh, you know, like a... 1940s serial pilot buddy who's kind of an idiot. I thought, I thought DuckTales was just like a 20-minute video of Scrooge bathing in coins. I thought that was like the entire thing. Brad, it's one thing I learned in the early 90s from DuckTales is that life is like a hurricane, but only in specific places like Duckburg. <laughs> uh, there's race cars. They live in Duckburg? There's airplanes. Uh, yeah, they live in Duckburg, which is... Uh, Nearby but different from St. Canard is the greater DuckTales universe also gave us Darkwing Duck, who is, yeah. who is the shadow. Again, Disney Afternoon. It's like, what if... This is the real deal. What if we tried to do what Star Wars did and just turn all of our Disney characters into 1940s serial And yeah, you know, adventures. it's interesting, like the TV's trying to like get their foot into the gaming industry and vice versa. You know, Mario's getting his own show, Sonic... Finally, we're not we're not in Sonic World yet, but like he's coming. It's like he's coming w- soon. Oh, I mean, are you talking about today or in the nineties? In the nineties, yeah. is, is he coming soon? I don't. Yeah, because I don't really know this the S- Sonic timeline. Sninik Head Hag hits the U.S. What nineteen ninety? We looked this up when we recorded last. Oh, did I, we? I've forgotten. I, I want that to be a recurring bit where every single podcast we spend ten minutes looking up when Sonic comes. Is Snedek here yet? Even after he clearly has come. This is uh, your uh wait, we need a sound to go with this. Are we talking uh, are we talking about one of these? Exclusive. Oh. <laughs> this is this is Snedek Headhag watch. Is Snedek in the United States? Does he is, exist yet? Is he is he speeding speeding by stealing rings? All right, well, uh, <laughs> we're not going to answer the question. <laughs> I, I don't think he is yet. <laughs> he's, he's not here. Well, like, wouldn't have, I mean, I feel like the, wasn't the Genesis more of a Super Nintendo era? I do remember when we looked this up, up last, we're at the end of 89 here, and that is when the Genesis came out in the U.S. Okay, all but right. This is like the Altered Beast era of Genesis, where their mascot was a muscly man in a loincloth that turned into a flying dragon thing. Really? They? Oh, yeah, so the, Oh, they didn't have like a real face to it for a little bit. Well, they had, I mean, the ke- face kept changing as he collected and lost <laughs> power ups. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, the, I mean, for the magazine cover, there's just um, the face of Nintendo currently is Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Scrooge and McDuck. He's, he's, and- he's got coins. He's, you know, some weird robot machine, you know. Nothing crazy here. He's at the mission select screen for the game. And once again, whoever whatever lunatic was behind these covers has made a physical prop scrooge is animated he he is a yes. illustration but the machine with all its light up uh, d- light, light 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 up dots light up buttons and things 
uh, yeah, so cool buttons. Uh, honestly, it kind of looks cool, but uh, again, yeah, I, I guess the viewer can't see it. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sparkly. It's neat. I, actually, I really like this cover again. I think it's really good. Yeah, I think it's fun. I think Scrooge is uh, is uh, he's pulled it off again. Hats my hats off to Scrooge. It's amazing what billionaires can do when they set their minds to it. Building some cool arcade cabinets. Uh, honestly, I think Scrooge is is funding this issue's uh, uh, prize winning. Uh, it seems to be a uh, for the for the player poll contest. The contest is for Robert Cop. Oh no! It just it's the prizes are really good, so I'm saying Scrooge. Oh, is, uh, oh you think it. he's funding it? Okay, I think, yeah. I think, I think this is a Scrooge funded uh, issue. He's partially part of his deal for selling the Seattle Mariners to <laughs> Nintendo of America was that uh, he got to he had to shell in some cash for the players' pool contest. Yep. All right. <laughs> let's get going. Uh, let's let's open this puppy up. We got some um, holiday catalog children uh, listening to Nintendo's one nine hundred tips loop, where you pay a dollar fifty to get. Would kids actually do this? Do you think that's was ever happening? Would, would kids all like like huddle around a uh, a wall? Are these called wall phones? Yeah, it's a, <laughs> well. So they have a ancient one of those ancient beige plastic. Uh, uh, what is the name of the material those were made out of? Anyways, it's an old it's an old phone. It's, it's an a, old yeah, it's, a wall it's an phone. old ass phone. It's a wall phone. Yeah, the likes of which we haven't seen in a long time, <laughs> unless we go to grandma's house. Yeah, like I, I, like I had never even owned one of these. Like where it's actually like a part of the house. It's like built into the house. I think. Yeah, right? these also come. There's like the the desk one with the gray buttons, the gray square buttons, and or a rotary dial, and uh, it's in grandpa's study. Um, yeah, would they like next to his golfing accoutrements? <laughs> can the are those speakers powerful enough where you can you can be you know you can have a group of people five people huddled around, huddled around it and everyone hears it? So these holiday catalog children, I'm saying that because they're all wearing kind of like scarfs and sweaters and jackets that look brand new. Yeah, um, I want to know which of them forced the others to call the tip line and were they at their own home when they did it? Because you know who it was was this the kid in the back that's really excited? Yeah. Uh, he he clearly was like, I'm gonna, I'm at the girl's house. That family has money. I'm gonna call the 900 number. Yeah, he looks pretty mischievous. And honestly, the two other kids are just kind of playing with the string. They're playing with like the phone, the phone cord. He totally nailed yeah. what I was picking up from this too. Yeah, they're like, they don't care. Way more concerned. Like he was like, hey, oh, I, he his pitch was, hey, look, I I need to make a call. You two can play with the with the phone string. Can I use your father's phone in his study? Yeah, sure, whatever. And then, yeah, she's uh, the girl here actually has her hand on the phone cord. Maybe she was trying to get it away from him, but she's not going to force a confrontation. Oh, I, I just feel like he's like, I got two dummies on <laughs> with me. They're going to just love playing with this cord. <laughs> All right, yeah. And then next to them, instead of the, uh, there's normally a, a side column on these these ads where we get a letter from the editor, from Gail Tendon, editor-in-chief of Nintendo Power. Instead, we have a graffiti-covered empty phone booth. <laughs> I prefer this, to be honest. Yeah, uh, no, this is, uh, it really captures the heart of the 80s where it's, uh, you know, that Ninja Turtles movie, I think came out 89 or 90. It was right around this time. And the entire premise of the movie is New York is a crime-riddled hellhole. Yeah. Like the opening montage of the movie is all the crimes that are happening, and then the underground crime lord base that the teens operate out of. It's weird that like graffiti is cr- like 
it's like if there's a crime place, there's graffiti. I mean, I guess it's like for, I don't know, like gang stuff. I, I don't know. Is, that, is it the sign of gangs usually when there's graffiti? I, I mean, like tagging could be sick. Tagging uh, is sick. Like tags are sick. But I guess like, I guess I do get creeped out when it's not like a cool, if it's like a cool art piece, I'm like, fuck yeah. Fuck, you know, whatever. That's worth Banksy. it. Banksy. If it's a Banksy. Yeah. Banksy or like literally just, even if it's like just a random name, but it's done like if it, <laughs> you know, all the graffiti that just looks like pick art. <laughs> right. I, uh, if if I but was if it's in just a, like an X and like uh, if it's like a stay out, you know, like graffiti can be scary if it's just a single color, just message. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. The dead space rules, like if it's written in blood on the wall and it's part of the tutorial of the game. So you know, like if I was in a phone booth and it said, "Call this Nintendo one nine hundred number." It's a dollar fifty, and you get two minutes of tips. I would probably want to get out of that booth immediately. <laughs> I'd be really afraid. <laughs> Very a very uh, unsafe booth. I hope those three kids do not go inside. I hope those kids can resist the the cord, and not. I think that cord's gonna be reeling them in. Um. <laughs> All right, yeah. Ooh, mailbox, mailbox. Uh, we're here at the mailbox slash power play players forum where the power players brag did they rename it this time they called it players pulse has that always been what it is for the mailbox i don't know yeah maybe i just they're they're all i feel like they just like it's like a very manic um they had to learn how to make a magazine yeah which you can agree but like every single time they make a magazine they just they back out on half their decisions can you imagine this is crazy this is like how Quentin Tarantino's career was basically Quentin Tarantino learning to direct films in real time. So it's like the writing was enough to carry it. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm saying something controversial right now. We're just right off the bat. I don't think Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction are exceptionally well directed. I think they're competently directed. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I think they're wonderfully written. So, and it's by the time he gets around to uh, absolutely Inglorious Bastards, but like also Kill Bill and stuff, he's become like a really good director. Yeah. And I think Nintendo P Magazine is exactly that arc where it's like they, they were learning how to make a games magazine over the past seven issues, and it's still happening. Yeah, yeah, they're still figuring it out. But again, the writing's so good that uh, the, the writing of Nintendo Power. There's really, I, I well, this, this has like a hundred. What was the uh, subscription? This is the subscription rate at this point was like hundreds of thousands. Totally, it's like one of the biggest magazines in the United States. Yeah, well, I, I think the the benefit they have is it's uh, being made for children who don't really care. You know, yeah, throw a couple of pictures of Mario in there. So if if I were my age back then and my kids came in with a Nintendo P, I'd be like, let me look at this. Why is the mail at the back? This is the worst thing I've ever <laughs> seen. And my kids would like just they wouldn't. React at the time, I'm but they pulled sure, it against me. My guess is if I was a kid reading this, and I, you know, I don't know if I've already said this, but uh-huh. I would just, I'd probably have like two segments I was always looking for and just skip to those. So I'd right. probably be like, okay, where's the comic book and where's the cheat codes? And I'd probably just skip to those sections then. You really think as a kid you would have been excited about Howard and Nestor? No, but uh, I know in later issues they started having uh, different types of comics that are like right. more like, uh, you know, uh, the type of comic where there's no Howard or Nestor in it. <laughs> right. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite type <laughs> of comic. Kind of comic book. <laughs> so I know they branched out a little bit. I know I would have dug that because like having a, like a Mario comic or something would be cool. Can we, I, I don't know which letters you thought stood out, but I think that this is a very strong mailbox. And I just want to start off with this very first letter from Carolee Tveden Fargo Indy. Oh, it's Fargo. No wonder. 
Maybe that explains everything. And uh, she reveals that she likes the NES because it's a durable product because she ran over it with her Cadillac. Yes. And she also doesn't say it was an accident. Does she? Yeah, she really doesn't. Believe it or not, I drove over my children's NES with our 1984 Cadillac. Needless to say, we were all very upset. I think that's a little bit of a line, and it was premeditated. Yeah, I can see this. um, Because how do you do that? How do you... (laughs) I mean, maybe it was in the snow in a box. I don't know. Yeah. I I have her in my notes as durable Cadillac lady. Yeah, I, I I wonder if the next in the next issue we get. Hey, I ran over it over again on accident. Still God. working. These things are really durable. I really hope so. <laughs> She's probably the lady that also firebombed the one the yeah. Game Boy that was in Iraq. That still yeah, works. I accidentally stuck a grenade in our NES and let it go off, and it's still working. I think that yeah, if you get a series of those letters, we're gonna have the forensic and contextual evidence we need to figure out what the kids did for her to have this sort of extreme flip out like maybe she was like a deeply religious parent who didn't believe in spanking kids say but she really wanted to so her solution to the situation was to take the nes out (laughs) because somebody had done done something and she ran over it in front of the kids screaming at her in the driveway and then afterwards she she's like you know what i probably overreacted yeah no she that a bad judgment call on her probably um Really, but really a poor bit of parenting. Here's another maybe? theory. What okay. if um, so? Her kids are alone all the time. She's, um, and I'm actually gonna say, I'm, oh, I'm like gonna say she's not going. gonna stay at home. Mom, she's working. Yeah, yeah. She's she's bucking the trends of the '80s. She's out she's, on one of those. She's, out. she's, she's a truck. Busy. She's a truck driver. She's, she's a like truck, gone for weeks at a time. She's a truck driver. <laughs> uh, and so her kids are at home getting really good at these games. And yeah. she's really competitive. She's the most competitive truck driver of all time. Like, that's what she's known for. Maybe the and Cadillac so she, is a and, kind of truck. Yeah. And so they play, she, she just played against them and they just crushed her at, uh, at Mario. Oh, and no. she just grabbed it and ran it over and said, no, no one beats me. Um, no one beats <laughs> Carolee. <laughs> uh, I'm always like, these old technologies are so fucking durable. Like, I, I do uh, miss that. Why, do you know, like, is it just because it was just fucking so much plastic and dead space in them? Certainly. I mean, the NES is so much bigger than the Famicom, but it's the same, mostly the same hardware on the inside. So it's all just, I have to wonder how functional, because, you know, the, the NES had that thing where you, like a VCR, you push the cartridge in, there's yes. a spring-loaded latch to push it down into uh, go time or to make it turn on with the game. Mm-hmm. I have to wonder if that was still working, and now they just have an NES where it's just open up top, collecting dust and like cigarette uh, ashes. And yeah, you think it'll eventually go bad? I'm also curious what else. Like, I mean, if she did truly run this over an accident, like they should not buy pets. I'm going <laughs> to be honest. They, all pets they have should be uh, go to someone a little more responsible. She she is very happy about the durability at the start of the letter and doesn't. Maybe it was an accident. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to tell. And she accidentally ran over the NES and was upset about it. Uh, Anyways, Nintendo of America responded by saying, hey, don't open your NES on your own. Call our customer service reps if you run over your Nintendo console. Yeah, I mean, this is weird. I was thinking, um, like, why do people send their mail into this? Because, like, (laughs) you don't really... (laughs) You don't really get, like, fun answers. Like, it's it's always, like... 
hey, I made a, this isn't legitimate, but like, hey, I made a Mario cake, which is in this one. Like, and they respond a little more normally, but I feel like often they'll respond like, hey, well, make sure you cook it at this much degrees. Like, if you get sick from that cake, we're not responsible. Make sure like, they're always yeah. just covering their bases. It's never like a fun response. It's just them be, it's constantly them like saying, hey, don't do that. It's whoever works at Nintendo that made them put in the warning message about taking a break every hour for 15 minutes on the 3DS. Yeah, like it feels like these are like like Catholic church confessionals. It just feels like you, <laughs> you're just that, like That's hysterical. It, it, especially if you think about how insane some of these letters have been. It was like my house was on fire and I went back inside to rescue my NES console. Um, <laughs> and uh, this thing happened and Nintendo of America is like, "Hey, uh be careful at the te- about the temperatures you expose your Nintendo console to. Like, there's just this weird disconnect between what people are putting down and what Nintendo is. Yeah, back. totally. It's just they're like, uh, and they, it just seems like they're grabbing like, all right, grab any letters that might get us in legal trouble, and we got to make sure to cover our bases now. And that seems to be how they do handle this every time. Can you imagine what their reject pile was? <laughs> I would give, oh, I would give a, a lot. I wouldn't give anything. I would give a lot to see. 1989 Nintendo of America's slush pile. Like, I actually the feel like they're pile. putting the more controversial ones up top. It seems like certainly this time they were. Yeah. Uh, what were? Did you? That was for. That was for sure the one that stood out to me. Were there any other ones that stood out to you? Uh, there is this one. This is not as uh, exciting, perhaps, as a Cadillac Cadillac accident. Yeah. But uh, there was somebody that said, hey, I called Nintendo, the game counselors, for help with the Ninja Legend of Zelda, and they wouldn't help me <laughs> because it's the last level of the game. And, they're, and they were like, you guys told me that information is a secret. Why can't you tell us Zelda fans how to finally win this game? And their response was basically to double down and say, completing a game is an important achievement that you should be very proud of. We would not want to destroy the surprise by revealing what happens. Yeah, that's so weird. Were they Again, it just feels like they're covered. It feels like they, they were like, we know this guy screwed up, but we need to make sure we look good. Oh, so, they're covering for him. Yeah, it just feels like every single answer they do is a cover story. It's um, You remember a couple of issues ago, there was a person... I, I think it was the one where they were like, hey, when's Mario Brothers 3 coming out? And the answer in the letter was, it's not. And then later in the issue, they're like, by the way, Super Mario Brothers 3 is coming out. Yeah. I think maybe the person answering this just was not coordinating with other... So maybe this person is like, they look across the hall at the cubicle farm where 250 gameplay counselors are working, and they're like... I could probably figure out what happened and actually address that. Or I could just be like, no, we meant to do that. Bye. Yeah, it kind of feels like having like um, like some sort of like secretary or someone who like clearly doesn't like their job and they're just like kind of giving the quickest, easiest answer that they might have to give. Right. To like not get in trouble. It's, it's got to be great. Like these are weird. An- like the, the responses are always like so it's kind of out tepid. of touch. And, yeah. Uh, and weird. it's weird. I, I don't. There's also. This last one here, uh, Jess Hendricks has uh, their father has an airplane that they fly. I guess that's not too crazy. There's people who own like Cessnas, like little private planes and stuff. But yeah, this is another example. I mean, I saw this one and I thought of the the hockey kids. Yes, uh, and I was just like, man, back in the day, people who played Nintendo had money. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, there's probably some degree of that, right? Like, was uh, do you, or do you even know if like were Nintendo's pretty price? Was it really kind of like a, it was. Uh, you had to go to like kind of a slightly, at least slightly wealthy house to have a Nintendo. Was that kind of like a luxury item? 
Yeah, maybe early on. I mean, I got a new NES, but this was like, when did I get my Nintendo? 1990, maybe? So, so like, yeah, a little late in the game. Yeah, and then I went to a pawn shop to get my Super Nintendo and my 3DO, incidentally. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, yeah, we didn't have the, the concept of like Christmas happening and I just got a new video game console and every single game that came out for it for the holiday launch. That, that didn't happen for me. So I guess any time yeah. I look at something like that, I'm like, oh, did you have a yacht also <laughs> when you were flying your airplane, kid? I mean, airplane is, I feel like, a pretty rich... These airplanes are a lot to maintain, I believe, as well. Yeah, even the inexpensive ones are really pricey and the fuel's yeah. expensive and you got to store it at a hangar at an airport. Yeah. Like that, that I mean, that... It has to be a pretty. We're always analyzing the wealth of these uh, people, but yeah, I feel like having a plane, you gotta have a judge lot. these. Rich but it's also kids. I've heard uh, my grandpa said this that um, planes are the number one brain corruptor. Wait, what? Yeah, like people get bank or there maybe or like number two. It's high up there because um, just people don't really understand how much it takes to maintain a plane. Oh, did you say brain corruptor or bank oh, corruptor? A bank. Oh yeah, bankruptor. It's like getting a horse, like yeah. ten horses together. Our horses hard. Is that our horses also pretty? Like my understanding from some horse girls I know uh, <laughs> is, is yeah. that uh, horses are pretty pricey, and you got to take care of them, and you got to and love them, and yeah, the, the guys that the founded Rare could tell us about horses. <laughs> they love their horses. Uh, all right, uh, you you ready for some video spotlights? Any power players that? Um, uh, <laughs> I've got one that I love. Why don't you for, go first for this one? Because I know who you're going to say. Yeah. Um, all right. So I just had like one kid who's, you know, the kid himself is pretty rational and normal, but his friends seem to be pretty wild. You're talking about Clint? Yeah. Clint's got some interesting friends. Clint, uh, my boy Clint uh, from Texas, uh, just if I'm remembering correctly, is just his friends. He says when I play games with them, they get really hyper. Uh, and I'd have one friend, he has one friend specifically who just, when they play video games, will just start slapping himself in the face. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, what he, some of my friends get real hyper and start yelling when we cut it too close on some games. One of them even slaps himself in the face. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That's intense. It, I also, the other thing he says is he only gets to play his NES on Saturdays. And I have to imagine that maybe his friends are the reason why. Oh, yeah, <laughs> honestly. I mean, oh, man, that's what, what, what do you think is going on with this kid who's slapping himself in the face? Uh, do you think he just wants attention or do you I, think he's just like, I, I, like, I, I have to, so like some sort of. I have three different answers to this. Okay, yeah, great. I'm curious because it's the. So one of them, I just <laughs> I have are, are three not not three answers, but like three thoughts that come to mind. One of them is uh, Andy and I had a friend growing up who I've mentioned before who would panic during boss fights and scream and throw the controller, and oh, so uh, a certain level of freaking out. Uh, yeah, sure. Like some kids, uh, they they got a big freak out. Um, you know, and I would, of course... Would like, he, like, freak out at, like, everything? Like, was he, like, kind of a kid who, like, was a bit of a loose cannon? That, like, was he the kind of kid... Was he, like, was he stomping on milk cartons during lunch class? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that kind of kid, but he was definitely... Um, 
is a little extra in certain environments is how I describe it. Uh, he, when we started making videos, was he a single child? No. Oh, okay. This could break in everything that I thought. All right, no, so go, you go on. He he would. He's also our class president in high school. I should, should mention, like, he's, oh wow, he's like very successful in the career, career world. <laughs> uh, but he would when we'd make videos, one or more of us, me especially, because occasionally, like, we did a lot of comedy stuff. But I would I would be like, let's try to make something a little bit complex. Let's try to make something with a little bit of a story. Yeah, and he would always be the one to derail it by grabbing the camcorder that we had and screaming oh, into yeah, the, lens, the top yeah. of his lungs <laughs> um or like climbing up uh the the wall out front of the house i grew up in and screaming hey everybody i'm a fireman and sliding down the pole next to the wall there was a pole next to the wall okay um and he, so i i have some precedent for what kind of things might have been going on however he never slapped himself yeah that's like that uh to me is the kid who who like stomps milk cartons. Um, but does the kid who stomps milk cartons, like, yeah, maybe do you think not. he's slapping him? Cause I read slap himself and I'm like, this kid's either now, now here's the, the other thought that I had, which is more serious where it's like, is something going on with the kid? Oh yeah. Honestly, that is probably, that like, is like, what, what's actually, it does, it, it does like, I, f- yeah. Cause actually milk carton to me is more like a troublemaker kind of scenario. Um, yeah, that kid wants attention, yeah, and he's going to uh, spatter milk all over the center of the lunchroom. But, but yeah, there's that thing where it's like, um, and when you're a little kid, and you're kind of innocent, and you don't really understand things, like uh, when you see a kid who's like weird, who's like just like chewing on his, you know, like just sucking his thumb still, or like, I don't, I yeah. don't know, like chewing on Legos all the time. Like, I do remember like these kind of really like, uh, Spa- like kind of more spazzy people who are just like kind of like freaking out all the time and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and as a kid, you're just like, oh, that's kind of funny. But then you kind of realize when you're older, like, oh no, that like that was like a thing. Like that was like, uh, yeah, you know, like they were maybe on the spectrum. Yeah, or, some sort of spectrum yeah, thing, yeah. and you didn't like understand it as a kid. And that that's kind of what this feels like, I guess. That that's one theory. The other one, uh, this is dark, but I'll just say it. It is that kid like got some abuse issues going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, I don't I don't know man it's I, I want it to be like I want it to be that the kid is trying to entertain his friends by being kind of spastic and hitting himself slapping yourself on the face is pretty but you know I you know I, I'm sure I've done something close to that but to consistently slap yourself in that like <laughs> why is he why is he slapping himself in the face yeah man and maybe it is I, I I do agree. Honestly, my gut says no matter what the answer is, it's probably something that's a little more real. And like it's it's like any time I feel like there is like that kid who's like, oh, is that weird kid who like, you know, it's like a Jeffrey Dahmer, like you know how he would like kind of spaz out on the floor and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah, he had he had seizures. I don't. I don't know. It's, maybe. Uh, I think that happened. But well, not that this kid's a serial killer. But you know, the answer could is likely like honestly, I would guess probably the latter too. Yeah, it's probably it doesn't sound good. Yeah. Also note Nintendo does not normally respond to uh power player spotlights, but they definitely didn't respond to this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I would love Nintendo's like lame response. Well, hey kiddo, don't make sure not to slap yourself. Uh <laughs> Hey, maybe get your friend uh is your friend okay? <laughs> no. Honestly, I don't think they're that fucking thoughtful here at nintendo but it, it, it this does follow a theme of uh getting some dark slices of reality the nintendo power magazine does not hold back i i really love that 
I think that there's two people that work on the mailbox and one person wants, wants that sweet, sweet chaos. And one of them is like the corporate, very good, the good child, the child that always did did their homework early. Mm -hmm. who's just like, Oh no, we can't have, and they, these two diametrically opposed this yin and yang of Nintendo power, uh, never cease to entertain. I mean, one of them always ceases to entertain, but the other one, uh, really, the one that's choosing these letters is really giving us some gifts. I, it, it, it honestly, I would say, uh, I'm sure this is like a segment that most kids would skip, but I feel like I'm getting a lot of enjoyment out of this. Um, this has been some of my favorite segments of this magazine. Um, but I'm ready to probably move on. We're good to go to the old. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talked about it this in the intro. Um, keep talking. I'm going to do the theme song. Right? Um, Scrooge McDuck Life is like a hurricane. Uh, is pretty fun to control. He uh, has a pretty fun down a move. He kind of like he pogo's on like it. That's a kind of a classic um, Nintendo move. Uh, it this. Uh, Surprising to hear that DuckTales is, in fact, a very influential game that has influenced a lot of mechanics. And, And, you know, I don't frankly know. Okay, let's move on. That's strange. Sorry. (laughs) Wait, is that... (laughs) Yeah, I think that's it. If you run through everything you have to say about DuckTales. I think I'm good on DuckTales, to be honest. I just... uh, Yeah, this is one of the first games I ever beat, and I always really liked DuckTales, and clearly a lot of people did, because Shovel Knight just has the DuckTales pogo mechanic in it. Yeah, I mean, the pogo mechanic is also like Link and Smash Bros. Um, That's right. Yeah, Link has has that down bounce thing, which he also does in Zelda 2. He has has like a down slash. Yeah, and then there was also... um, uh, I think Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, if you play as Cranky Kong, he has a bit of that pogo action as well. Oh, I need to play that. Uh, The only... There is one other cool DuckTales thing, and that is that this is the only instance I know of of a franchise, like the DuckTales cartoon, actually took stuff from the DuckTales video game and made it canon in the new show. Oh, really? Yeah, so the move... Does he 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 do the down cane move on on a uh, on a bad guy. He I'm pretty sure at one point or another he's done some of the other cane things you can do in this game where you can like hook a cane onto a ring and hang onto it and jump from it and use the cane as a golf club. Hmm. He may have also done that in the cartoon that this is based on. Yeah. But the music in DuckTales is very good cuz it's a Capcom game and uh they uh, the moon theme is especially memorable and they actually took the moon theme from this game into the new show and not only set lyrics to it, but made it a huge part of kind of the core mystery arc of the show where like the nephews where their mom is, she's like missing. Mm-hmm. She's on the moon. Well, yeah. Isn't, is this, uh, is this by the same people who made uh, the Batman game and Fester's quest or is that a different? So, that's a good question. That was uh, Sunsoft, and that those were those were like the two. I think Capcom and Sunsoft in the NES era were the two making the best licensed games. Yeah, I mean, those were uh, weird. That yeah, I weird time. Of. Yeah, weird time in gaming. Uh, yeah, I've got. I think I've covered everything. Scrooge McDuck makes makes the bucks. 
Jenny, it's generational wealth, though. Doesn't he already have the bucks? Oh, really? No, Does that's he... not true because he started out with his lucky dime. He started out with one dime and built his fortune. Oh, really? How do you not know anything about the DuckTales mythos, Brett? Oh, man. I just, I, I just, I think I watched one episode and I just remember him like diving into a golden bathtub. You, you pretty much got it. He's got, yeah, he's got the money vault that he swims in his money. Yeah. Which honestly, what a 1980s concept. <laughs> uh, that kind of, uh, vapid worship of wealth was big in the 80s do they do do they have a lot of fun with that in the show like is he kind of like an inspector gadget where like he'll like is like everything like if he's like sweaty will he not pull a handkerchief out will he pull out like a hundred dollar bill and wipe his brow <laughs> like is do they kind of like tap into that throughout the whole you know it's series? funny I, I don't think they do that very much because one of the things about billionaires is they're inherently unrelatable so most of the time when scrooge is in a, and i'm thinking more of the more recent show because i've seen more of it um, than I have of the original. It, it's it's more of just like, I don't know, he's fighting with the nephew, one of the nephews about a thing, and then he's saving him from an adventure because, you know, he's a fundamentally decent person. It's more stuff like that. So he doesn't okay. really do the money thing. Like, there's never an episode where Sp- Scrooge complains because the wood veneer in a new room is all wrong and he just starts <laughs> screaming. <laughs> all right. Let's see what Dragon Warrior. Hey, kids, Dragon Warrior. Dragon Warrior. Yeah. Again. Yeah, we already talked about this, but I, I, I just, I really think they screwed the hooch on the advertising for this. It's, How so? They, um, because that's a specific thing that they, I, I read that they were talking about that they uh, specifically went to the Dragon Ball Z creator to make this show look, re- this game look really original. Right. We talked and about we decided, it last time. Yeah. As Amer- the American like translator or whatever, the, the marketing decided, hey, let's, rip all those really cool original looking like photos that will stand out and put generic Dungeons and Dragons looking thing at the forefront. Like every time they show Dragon Warrior, they eventually get into that kind of like more interesting art style, but they always just right away. Like this first picture is super generic. I, I, I don't know why they decided to grab really something really interesting and pare it down to something boring and forgettable. Yeah. I I don't get how that this, this illustration that opens the front is, uh, I, I would say the level of detail on it. It's it's like not the worst illustration in the magazine by far, it's but not, it's not but, it's not gorgeous. It, it, it and it doesn't stand out. It, if if this was the original art, it would totally stand out. And that that is something even now, like nowadays, like they don't try to make it like this generic weird D and D thing. And like I've played Dragon quest games because i'm just like this game looks it kind of like has that look of like even like a Mega Man. like i played Mega Man because i'm just like this right. looks cool like i like the art style of it and yeah, yeah it, it looks like they were trying thing. to do like in this era you had like frank frazetta doing that kind of conan the barbarian style like super muscular guys ladies in little armor bikinis yeah but, but like that guy's art is gorgeous and this this is like at best, it's like an imitation. So I guess it's it's got to yeah. be a fear based choice. They were like, yeah, we yeah, gotta. I agree. That's to westernize this, we have to take out all the cool Dragon Ball art. Yep, and yeah, and and kind of give like half assed versions of better American stuff. But yeah, yeah. that's just how I feel. Uh, there's an advertise. There's a bunch of hardware advertisements in uh, this thing, like features that oh, are yeah. actually just pushing new Nintendo hardware. Oh yeah, this one's for the NES satellite, which lets you play. Four player NES games finally. finally. Yeah, this is actually, I'd say, probably out of the so, so many, we have gotten so many just random 
additions that are just useless. The infrared controllers and this one is this hits one of the good ones, and it also has a. It's like that's one thing I didn't think about was it's not only allows you to go four players, but it also has like an extension cord to it, so that you're able to go a little bit farther away from the TV, right? uh, Which is another addition to it. Yeah, this is. uh, I was always excited by the concept of the satellite, and obviously now it's like you know for. Now it's the norm to have multiple controllers connecting to a system. Yeah. Of the games, I was surprised to see that A Nightmare on Elm Street is a four-player game. I have never played that game and oh. did not know that it was. I didn't see that. Where, where was that? It's right in the middle of all oh. of the sports <laughs> games. So it's no wonder that it disappeared. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I just thought it was all sports game. Yeah, a little Nightmare on Elm Street sneaks in there. That's so, like, we yeah. got to try that game. None of these look really... I feel like the... Just give me Bomberman. That's all I want. Yeah, I don't think they had Bomberman at this point, but was there a four-player Bomberman on NES? I don't know. Yeah. Because none of these look... If not, then the the NES is a failed system, right? (laughs) That means it's bad. Although, yeah, again, we always talk about... It's like those like old sports games, Like they seem so boring, but they're kind of fun. You you play five volleyball games, one of them is going to be a good time. Right. All right, Hoops. Um, Hoops is a basketball game. Hoops is a basketball game. Never heard of it before. Nope. Counselor's Uh, Corner is next. Is next. And (laughs) And, uh, as always, the most important part of Counselor's Corner, because I don't need tips for any of these games, what I need are those sweet, sweet Counselor headshots, and we got four real good ones this time. Yeah, we got a real real dork fest this time. It is a a dork fest. You have young dorks, you have old dorks, you have male and female dorks. They they really hit every type of dork in this one. It's, uh, It's fantastic. I just... Dave Murray, I would love to have met Dave Murray. Yeah, like they, they, yeah, they, because they've got like two kind of like young teen dorks, one a girl, one a boy, and they kind of look like siblings. Uh, then they've got like a businessman dork, and then yeah. they've got like a musclehead dork. But that, like that guy's a musclehead for sure. He's like kind of looks buff and stuff, and he and it's, his like it's hard hobbies. to tell because we're only getting the top of his shoulders. Yeah, you can, up. like you can, you, I, I can see a wide frame there, and he and his hobby, he likes weightlifting. And, oh, you're right. Uh, but you read these. I didn't. Boy, is that guy looking like a dork still. <laughs> yeah. A, a muscly. Yeah. It, it's just, it's a great, I want my Final Fantasy party to be these four. Oh, man. I, I would, I, whatever that is, I would play. I think the only problem, because we've gotten through a few of these now, these headshots have red backgrounds and they really need to get that glamour shots background. I can't wait for them to switch over to that. Yeah, the red background just isn't good. It's like, that's not like. Red's not a flattering color. I, yeah, reds are really. That, this might be too in baseball. Maybe cut. Oh, shit. That's fine. Uh, go, go ahead uh, and say uh, it. I was going to say, and, and, and I uh, did a show recently for Channel 101 called Blanket Fart Masters. Right. We would do. So it's like a parody show and we do talking heads. And we'd put a blanket in the in the background of the talking head. And for one, we had a red blanket, and it looked so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's just red is such a bad background. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look... It's, it's not a good portraiture thing, especially if you have a bunch of pale pale dudes. Yeah. Not, just, not super flattering. Uh, I wonder if they just had a red wall, and they're like... 
Yeah, they, they didn't even. They're, they're, they're so like better than a white wall, I guess. The entrance, the lobby has a giant red <laughs> Nintendo logo wall, and they're like, "We need somewhere to take these pictures. That's not a cubicle farm. Put them at the corner of the wall." Do you think maybe that was the decision? Is that like since Nintendo's icon is red, it's like that's yeah. got to be it, right? Yeah, it might be it. It, it, yeah, it's not flattering, and, and they're also because it's red and it's an old magazine. It and makes it look old, sticky. The the red looks like it's bleeding in on the edges of the uh, the people also. So it's like, are yeah. they also lit with red lights? <laughs> 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 Which is, uh, I mean, if you ever are they are they in hell? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or perhaps a nuclear submarine. <laughs> the two places people with. <laughs> With red backgrounds could be. Oh yeah, are, are nuclear submarines like always red, or is that? Isn't that their like silent running, whatever, whatever? Because uh, red light is not. Uh, it's what is it? it's the red light is good for night vision, but okay. so like it helps you with dark environments, and it's also not super visible or something. You could probably ask my fan. I've um, I've got a bit of a lineage in submarines. <laughs> no way, really. You should yeah. ask him about the red yeah, lights. I, I could, I, I'll get maybe I'll get these answers. Um, all right. More features. Uncle Fester's quest. The Adams family. Uh, yeah, this is that game. I, I gotta confess, uh, I talked up a big game around Fester's quest. You're talking it up, yeah. And then we played it, and it was not that fun. Wasn't great. Uh, this, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it felt, it felt, it felt like one of the old, it like, I feel like sometimes when you play a Nintendo game, about half of them feel incomplete. Like they, like they just don't feel, they feel like games that are not complete. Like just, they feel like they're really hard to wrap your head around them. And there's just like so much going on and you don't really understand things. Yeah. And this felt like it, even though it had some good stuff going for it, like the songs and like they had some good sprites and stuff like that. It felt, it felt like it hit that kind of level of a, Nintendo game that just, uh, you know, maybe at the time it didn't matter because people were so new to games, but to me, it didn't feel like Mario Bros. Or, it just they felt like an uncomplete quite game. figured it out. Yeah. yeah. It, it's really, looking at the other Sunsoft games, I think the Batman Sunsoft game is pretty good. And yeah, I, the Batman one was good. And it looks great, and it sounds great, and um, the Batman sequel game, is Return of the Joker, is really impressive technically, and it's fun. And I maybe Sunsoft was like just right on the edge of figuring it out with this one, so it's it's a little it's not as pretty. It's this game is infamously difficult. Yeah, like we we got our we got rocked when we played it. So, but we're also bad at Nintendo. Was the Adams Family big at this point? Like I thought Adams Family was even older. I thought it was like a black and white show. Am I am I wrong? The Adams Family is like a hundred years old now. I love (laughs) the Adams Family. It started as this weird comic strip. Oh, and really? They, and then they had a live action series with uh, Sean Astin's dad. Is it Fred Astin? Play, I, I don't know. Play Gomez. And, um, um, they've got a, the Adam Stanley has a great pinball machine. That's all I know. Well, so they did the Barry, is it Barry Sonnenfeld movies around this time. So the kind of Tim Burton y uh, Adam's Family movies. They did the Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values. And, but that was after this. So this game. I think was a cheap license get for Sunsoft ahead. I think that movie, the first one was like 91. Uh-huh. And um, those movies are really fun. I, my only problem with them is they have stories and I really just wanted the movies to be just an hour and a half of just them being really weird. I, I actually should watch them because I actually have like a really, I specifically have a real soft spot for silly spooky. It's, it's very, I love silly spooky. That's like my favorite, like 
jingling bones and talking jack- jack-o'-lanterns. Like, well, I have such a soft spot for that. I love that stuff. And, like, the kids are always trying to kill each other, but it's, like, fine. They're just playing. And then, like, yeah. Gomez and Morticia have the best relationship, like, some of my favorite, and like Gomez will like do backflips off of tables and sword fight with people. It's amazing. It's <laughs> it's like end to end. I love the Adams family so much, and uh, yeah, as an American institution. All right. Uh, uh, I, I think we could quickly say who framed Roger Rabbit. We're not going to cover it. <laughs> now we can hey, take a break. Bob Hoskins played Mario in the Super Mario Brothers movie, and he's also the detective. Okay. And uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's all. And also not a bad movie. It just, it's, that movie's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think the game is anything. Yeah, it's, it's not a great game. Uh, th- there is a, a map of Los Angeles that you drive around. I don't know if you saw this. Oh, no. I would say it's pretty accurate. This is pretty much like the L.A. map. <laughs> <laughs> is that supposed to be like the entirety of L.A.? Yeah, I think it's the whole thing. <laughs> Notice there's no buildings either, or it's like just five buildings. Is it just like warehouses? Maybe it's a back lot. I don't know. Whatever. L.A. Noir did have an actual like half size map of L.A. in it. That game. L.A. Is that a newer game? Oh, you know where you should stop is right after uh, this next part. Right. Yeah, the one from like 2011. Oh well, like Grand Theft Auto has like a full map of L.A. Isn't it still shrunk down? It's like not full size. Oh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, it's not like yeah. it's not like tit for tat. Was L.A. Noir like straight up? Like it really felt like it was like a real uh, spatial. Nah, it was like it was like the same thing where it was like kind of close but not really. Uh, Microsoft Fl- Flight Simulator has uh, the full L.A. in it. I uh, I can fly my plane. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't make this joke. I can fly my plane into Hollywood and Highland. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly. Did I did I say tell you me? Me, Chad, and Chase were playing Microsoft Flight Simulator, and literally all we did was find our childhood homes and crash into them. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. That's marvelous. And maybe our, our last thing before the break, we should talk about... Centerfold. It's the centerfold. Oh, yeah, great call. This, yeah, this is a great center point. We got some Fester's Quest maps and a really cool-looking Batman poster. Great Batman. It's always weird getting like a movie game as the poster, because it yeah. just... It's like it kind of hits that level where I'm like, is this? A, this kind of feels more like a movie poster at this point. This is, uh, yeah, because this is just straight up stuff. This has to be a collage of pressed assets from the movie. Yeah, this movie was such a big deal when it was like people, because this really was like the first. Because you know, like modern blockbusters, they hype the hell out of them. Yeah, they tell you you're making it. They're making the movie like two years before, and then like. A year before you get a teaser, which we did with Batman, and then they just start. It's just everywhere, and you know you can go to Taco Bell and get Batman cups, and you can go to McDonald's and get Batman uh, toys. You can get the little bat, and everybody's just losing their minds. And then everybody goes and sees the movie. This is like one of the first ones that actually did that. Yeah, I don't know if I'm, it's because I'm not a kid anymore, but I miss when like, uh, and I don't know, and that also might be more of an age, but when a movie was like. It came out, but it also came out with a ton of merch that was being forced onto you. <laughs> and like yeah, usually they forced the, the merch on you. In the, in the, usually in the form of Happy Meals. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. kind of miss that energy like as a kid just being like, okay, I don't know why, but my life is forced to be 101 Dalmatians for a little bit. That's Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah, in, in my era, it was Batman and the Little Mermaid 
and uh, you know, like all those early '90s Disney movies. Yeah, through to maybe like Pocahontas was when I stopped caring. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's just like, all right, now we have to deal with this. All right, cool. So let's let's take a little a little sabbatical. We'll come back inside. Hey, you're listening to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast. Are you ready? This is the beer break brought to you by Howard and Nestor. Hey, I'm Nestor. Um, glub up that beer, my friend. Here we go! The challenge is ice hockey. The power is Nintendo. It's as slick as ice, as fast as fury. Throw in your shoulder, dig in your blade, blast it in, or be blown away. Ice hockey only from Nintendo. All right, let's get back to the guys. Hey, we're the guys. We're back. Oh, hey, yo, yo, yo. I didn't hear you there. Jumping, jumping in right now. Ready to go. Did you, do you need to check anything? Are you, what? I, I didn't realize I was jumping the gun on you. Oh, yeah. No, I was just on my phone. Um, I'm, uh, I'm bounced. I was on my Game Boy. Oh. That's, it's perfect that you call your phone your Game Boy. Yeah, I was on my Game Boy. Playing. Because... We have a feature here. Didn't they cover the Game Boy last system? Yeah. Or last issue? It was pretty short, if I recall correctly. If, if I'm remembering, they were just kind of like, hey, Game Boy, look at this. This is, a, this is like a self-contained little booklet. You actually see the instructions on the side of the page here to detach it. It's this thin strip of text. It's a big feature on everybody's favorite new console in 1989. It's the Game Boy. Yeah, it's, it's just it's cool. Like The Tetris player. This whole segment, because also paired with this is a Tetris feature, because that's the big game that comes with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, again, great, great lineup, great launch lineup for the Game Boy. Uh, Primarily Tetris. Mainly Tetris, but they also had Mario Bros., which isn't yep. like the Mario Land or whatever, which isn't, you know. And I that Brick Breaker one, I, I played a lot of hours on. Um, oh, yeah. But. Uh, Alleyway? It's, it's just interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. And it's, it's fun because, um, you know, normally when you play Brick Breaker, uh, you know, you're the little like Pong line. Yeah. But in this one, it's like a ship and Luigi drives it. <gasps> <laughs> I was excited. <laughs> That's very fun. Luigi, see, Luigi, seeing Luigi in a thing unexpectedly is like the opposite of seeing Nestor in a thing where I may. Or maybe it was Mario, but I think. No, Ma- it's, it's Luigi. I, that's, that's it's it's got to be Luigi. Um, it's, it's weird seeing them like. Explain things that are so basic, or at least we take it so for granted. Because, like, for this issue, they both have to explain what a handheld system is. Yeah. Uh, which is, it's a TV system and controller all in one. <laughs> and they also have to describe what Tetris is. And the, That's those are totally insane. Two of the most basic things in the world. <laughs> those are like ingrained in blood nowadays. Like you, you have to know what those are. So this is a, a magazine that has to explain what physical currency is like, here's money. Yeah. 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 And here's food. Yeah. You have like, to explain money and food to you. Yeah, breathing. The Not concept breathing. of breathing is night and day. <laughs> so yeah, there, there's a pitch where it's just like, and they're going to have to do this again with the Super Nintendo because they have to explain why you need a new console because people didn't understand that either. Yeah, there's been a little bit of, like, like an Atari to, like, in television, it's a little bit of an upgrade. But it is weird that they're both called Nintendo. Like, yeah, it's were there multiple forms of Atari? Atari had multiple consoles, and they also did some 
they did a PC, I think, called the ST. This is a before my time, so I don't know it super well. They had a Nintendo competitor at the time, the 7800, and it was also backwards compatible <laughs> with older Atari Whoa, uh, cartridges. Kind of, that seems kind of uh, ahead of its time. Yeah, so that's probably why Nintendo got into hot water, because you cannot put Nintendo games into a Super Nintendo. Now, when was the first time they were backwards compatible? Uh, was it the Wii? Oh, that's a great question. I think, yeah, because yeah, the, the Wii, Wii with GameCube, GameCube is the first time they, and they haven't since then. Was, Game Boy Advance could play original Game Boy games, right? Oh, yeah. A lot of the handheld systems would be pretty. The Color could play Game Boy games. The DS Advance could, could play, play Game, Game Boy. Boy. Yeah. DS could play Game Boy games, the original one. But the newer DS eventually lost that slot. Mm-hmm. Um, but could play original DS games. Yes. And then the 3DS could, yeah, play DS games. So the handhelds always do. But Switch has, like, no backwards compatibility to it. Um, I think it's really telling, like... Maybe, maybe it's not crazy that they had to explain this because we just rattled off like what twenty years of handheld consoles and their compatibility with each other's cartridges for, in, in like twenty seconds, <laughs> and that's that's weird. It's weird that we know that. <laughs> it's super super weird. Oh yeah, that's a little deep. That's a little deep cut. But I, I would say both Tetris and a handheld console is pretty pretty uh anyone who probably doesn't even play video games knows how to play someone who's never played a video game knows how to play tetris how do you not know yeah i feel like people even even those people who are like i've never seen star wars but you know how to play tetris yeah i would say most people like somehow now and their pitch here what they're saying is (laughs) it's like so the game boy is an nes in your pocket Mm -hmm. that that's like the that is technically true the game boy is an 8-bit system so from a technology standpoint, it is like a stripped-down NES. Yeah. I think knowing how to play Tetris is genetic at this point. I think you can pass down the knowledge. This through, is like through, learning, uh, learning how to change a light bulb. <laughs> it, there's, a, there's a point before which Tetris existed, and once it was there, it's like everybody knows, knows how to do it. But not Dr. Mario. That, that does people... <laughs> Dr. Mario's People weird. don't know. Yeah, Dr. Mario, it's a whole different story. Um, Mario's not a real doctor. Yeah, that, that might be the big part of why it's confusing. He just put the coat on. Yeah, uh, did you ever have a Game Boy? I did. I had a secondhand Game Boy with a couple of lines in the screen not, that didn't work right. Yep, yep. I had, had my grandma's old one. And it had a couple. It had some quite a few dead pixels. There, yeah, you, those secondhand Game Boys, uh, it had like, you know, somebody had stripped off the serial number sticker on the back and there was like a Velcro strip for some reason. And it kind of felt like, like an old magazine in the sun where it just like had sun damage. Like my screen mm-hmm. felt like it had sun damage. And I don't know if it was just me as a kid being like, why is this? But it just felt so... Uh, the the pixels were so faded and like I could like yeah. barely see what was going on in the screen. It's hard to tell what's going on. Also, I remember the original Game Boy screen had a lot of ghosting to it, so it had it wasn't it was playable, but it was not great. Yeah, uh, the the later systems it, things got way better. I mean, they built that thing out of old technology so they could sell it cheap because it was like a hundred bucks when it came out. Ooh, yeah, that's pretty. Because yeah, that's actually. I feel like I know. I feel like I don't know. If this is true. I'm just. I'm just throwing this crazy statement out here right now. But I feel like more people had Game Boys than Nintendos. Oh man, I don't know. That's. I know that's bold. It's probably wrong. <laughs> Game Boy total sales. I'm just gonna look this up. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm probably. This. This was. No knowledge behind this bold statement that I'm just chucking out of the world. 
Uh, I'm going to break out this list of the top-selling game consoles of all time. Ooh, a podcast special. Yeah, this is uh, this is my top thirty. <laughs> Not to be confused with the top thirty later. Uh, the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color taken as a whole, number three top-selling system of all time. Whoa! The co- is the color a cheat though? Does that is that is that giving it an unfair boost? I don't know that the color sold that well. I think this is primarily Game Boy sales. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna go out on a limb. Uh, I don't know. Where do you think? Where do you think the NES sits on this list? Uh, uh, ten. Number N- ten. Number ten is the. Wait a minute. One, two, three, four, five, six. These are not numbered. This is not very good Wikipedia. Number ten is the Game Boy Advance. Ooh. The NES is number 13, three, twice as many, 62 million units for the NES versus 118 wow, for I, the Game Boy. I was, about, I was so ready to be proven wrong, but look, look at that. That is some good, good news for me. You're not just right. You're really right. <laughs> um, and one thing I'm surprised about the Game Boy is when it came out, it came with a, uh, the video link for the two-player stuff. I always felt like that was like a late game edition, but uh, right from the beginning. Yeah, they wanted people to play Tetris together. <laughs> Speaking of Tetris, they have an yeah. interview here that has, this is wild. They actually went to Russia, I guess, to work with, I've forgotten how to pronounce his name, uh, Alexei Pajetnov. Boom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the creator of Tetris, Alexei Pajetnov. Um, so they went there. And met with him and figured out the licensing stuff. Howard Lincoln is in the Soviet Union showing the Game Boy to kids, which is crazy. They have a picture in the magazine. Yeah. So, yeah, they basically, to sell the system, they have to sell Tetris because Tetris is the pack-in. Yes. And to sell Tetris, they have to sell Soviet engineering <laughs> because Alexei Pajanov invented Tetris. And uh, so they literally break down like the history of who this guy is and where this game came from in the magazine. Yeah, I didn't read this. That, that's in, it's, it's also interesting just to like, uh, was it weird to get a game at this point that's not, that was made from, like nowadays I feel like I never know what country was, uh, you know, responsible for the game I'm playing. Was, right. was that a bigger deal back at, at this point? I, I don't know. Maybe. I think part of it might have been the world situation because they mentioned like Glasnost, which is a the Soviet policy of openness uh, that Gorbachev started in like what the eighties, where mm-hmm. the Soviet Union had been really secretive, but they were starting to kind of open up, and maybe it was just the novelty. I I do know looking back, I've watched and read things about Soviet arcade games and computers and stuff and they did not have nearly the volume of things that we did yes so it was a lot of like bootleg knockoffs of things and then just really terrible (laughs) the the terrible soviet version yeah yeah yeah. except for tetris and like tetris was the real deal and uh you know one of the if not the greatest game ever made yeah i mean isn't like the tetris song a soviet like isn't that like a song that's popular in russia or something yeah, like the NES and the Game Boy version of Tetris had like Soviet music. Yeah, and like if what? I remember correctly, like the title screen of it is also like a famous building from Russia. Yeah, it's the uh not the Kremlin, it's that palace with the swirly yeah, tops. Yeah, some swirly swirly palace. Yeah. So it's like uh the the game console, I mean, now do you think te- that was his choice or do you think it was was this 
I, I'm really not much of a history buff, but was, was this a um, an oppressive? Like, were they in a were they like in a state at this point of time where they were like kind of uh, like is this a world where the Soviet it would be reasonable for them to to force like uh, the government to have their hands in this game a little bit? Well, so one thing that I was curious about is I'd heard so. There's an article in Nintendo Power in 1989 talking about Alexei and Tetris. But I remember hearing that he didn't make any money off of Tetris until much later. Because of the Soviet Union? So I looked it up, and yes, actually, because he was a Soviet employee, like he worked for the government, he couldn't make money off of it. So he ended up in 1991, he became an American citizen, and he set up the Tetris company, which now licenses Tetris out to everybody. Oh, popular move to do. Yeah, yeah, you have to leave. So from 96 on, he's making Tetris bucks. Yeah, because I watched a hockey documentary on, um, and that's the same thing, where it's like the people like, there's these people who would probably be like rich Americans, and then they eventually uh, uh, made the switch to America so they could be like, yeah, you know. And now you know why instead of uh, <laughs> the candy drop looking Soviet or, you know, Russian castles or whatever, uh, Tetris, the mascot is now like, I don't know, floating space whale floating made of spa- it's, light it's, dots. It's him petting his pedigree horses. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's like surreal. I'm thinking of Tetris effects specifically. It's, it's him and the rare guys doing donuts in the parking lot on there with their Ferraris. It's a it's a cast of obscure Sega <laughs> characters uh, that do a crossover game with Puyo Puyo, and they're named after the Tetris blocks. I'm in for that. Oh, man, that game is so crazy. Do you ever play Puyo Puyo Tetris? No. It has a story mode that's fully voiced that's like six hours long. Whoa, I'm in for that. Uh, and they tell us like what the Tetris blocks are, which we already know that. But there yeah, is they're like describing. Actually, this is something that they do that I thought was clever. I don't know if they still do this, but they gave each block like unique characteristics. Like so, in Tetris, you can get like an L block that's shaped like an actual L or a backwards L. Mm-hmm. And in this one, they made them uh, the actual like makeup of the blocks were different. And I feel like that actually. I don't know if they still do this, but I feel like that would be helpful because it kind of clues you into, oh, hey, so when I've got these blocks, the I, I always know it works this way. You know, it's like another bonus. I, I, I feel like that's been lost. Yeah. So I guess in the Game Boy one, yeah, the, the identification is different. This is probably, yeah, because the Z blocks don't do that. Yeah. There's two Z blocks, a left and a right, right? Uh. <laughs> This game, this these early versions of Tetris, they do not have the hold, which I use constantly now when I play Tetris, and they don't have the a, hold. So you hit a button to hold a block, and you can pull it out later. Oh yes, yes, yes. And they also didn't have, I think it's called T spinning. And uh, I, but I believe they do. This version of Tetris does have the ability to slide a block over. Ooh, is T spinning the thing where you you're panicking and you're just smashing the spin button and you kind of your piece starts going crazy? Yeah. And sometimes it goes in the perfect spot on accident. Sometimes it totally fucks everything up on accident. Yeah, where it's like there's this little pause before a block is like glued to that. That, where it lands. that shit's fun. Yeah, T T spinning is. I think that's the term. I hope it's. Uh, yeah, me it's just pure panic mode. Yeah, pa- panic spinning. <laughs> Do you ever play um, Tetris Effect? Oh yeah, Ooh. yeah. Tetris Effect is so cool. That is. Um, have you tried the the multiplayer mode they released for that? I have not. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's cool to see how much Tetris because like Tetris is this game that really can't. You know, it's like 
it hasn't really evolved that much because they nailed it. It's like a perfect game it's from, the, per- the, from yeah. the beginning. The rest of it is, uh, what if this game had an anime story tied to it? Yeah, but like it is. It's like, or what if this was a VR? It's like the only thing to do is you don't try to like change the mechanics of it because it's perfect. The really only thing you can do is just increase the aesthetic, which is what Tetris Effect did. It's like, all right, let's like let's make this the aesthetic of the game and the sounds of the game really fucking blow your mind yeah and that's the only thing you can really approve on and prove on well and that was a that was mizuguchi who gave us res so that that's like kind of his thing is like kind of psychedelic yeah so that that was like a perfect it's a match made in heaven totally yeah because he's good at all he's <laughs> you need you need to get a great designer who's great at everything but game design because the game design's already there so it's all, it's all clean and gravy i i did not know this or i didn't remember it alexei pajitnov also designed hexic which i don't know if you ever played that that was like no. a pack-in game on the xbox 360 and i think on the original xbox too there's been a few different versions i actually really like hexic hmm. is it a puzzle game yeah it's a hexagon based puzzle game where you're rotating little clusters of hexagons that's cool yeah what a, what a grand slam what a grand and we and big thing on this one too talking about grand slams is a little Howard, well, well actually, oh, man. yeah, another a little Howard and Nestor bonus comic. We get an extra pages worth of Howard and Nestor in this issue, which so we have the bigger uh, and Howard and Nestor are the you know the little ma- fake Howard's a real person, but they're the kind of mascot characters of of, of the Nintendo Power Magazine. Let's get a comic. We got a bigger one coming up, but for this one, we get we get a little fun surprise. It's just uh, it's Nestor playing Tetris. And he is a, uh, he, you know, honestly, this is the most relatable Nestor has ever been because he's playing Tetris instead of uh, doing anything that uh, this person is asking him for. And yeah, and, and then they get in trouble. And then, well, I don't know if this is like vignettes or if this is a story. I guess <laughs> I don't know that these, these are three vignettes because there's like three strips. I'm not sure if they're not related at all. Or if they are a continuous story and it's just so hard to follow that it seems like they're separated. I think it's, it's, I guess it's uh, two, yeah, because the first one is, it is three different vignettes. And he, yeah, in the first one, he does, in, in the grand Nestor, tradi- <laughs> Nestor traditions, uh, he does not pay attention to what his next block is and screws himself over. See, well, the thing is, it's, you know, this is kind of like a bonus. You know, it's kind of uh, like if we're watching Dragon Ball Z right now, we're, watch, we're watching Goku get his driver's license. Like we're not, right. you know, this is the bonus comic. We're not getting a lot of like in-depth Howard and Nestor story right now. Uh, but they do reveal that Nestor does have a mom, which is a pretty, pretty big reveal. But yeah, you know, there's this, not a lot of Howard versus It raises Nestor. a lot of questions, honestly, about yeah. the greater Howard and Nestor universe uh, that Nestor has a mother. Although I think we can see what the problem is here is that Nestor's mom is uh, not a very good mother because she's so easily distracted by Tetris. So I think it's safe to say that maybe she was occupied otherwise. Yeah, I think she... Because we, we've, we've thought that um, Nestor... Which is actually a little bit sadder because like, you know, often we see Nestor like wandering crumbling streets it's like kind of a yeah. kind of a street rat scenario and it's kind of sad that like uh he it's even more sad that he has a mom because it means he has a mom who's there but she's doing such a bad job that you know he's kind of like a rabid dog with no leash just kind of roaming the streets she's definitely and yeah 
Maybe she's a graphic designer and she's just really busy and like just doesn't well, take care of him. To me, she's just playing Tetris. And uh, well, so here's she's playing Tetris and she looks pretty well to do. So maybe she, um, I don't know, she looks kind of wealthy. Like I'm getting kind of a wealthyish vibe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, is pearl necklace a wealthy move? Perhaps. Yeah i I think it's like easy. It's easy to read between the lines and come up with a thing here where it's like clearly Nestor had gone astray or like lost track of his mom and maybe she needed to clean up like she was an addict or something or maybe she yeah. like married this rich guy who hates children so he couldn't be around for a while so Nestor up to this point we haven't seen him and then they reconnect and there's no Mr. Nestor in the picture so maybe maybe the guy left do, do or they died reconnect? I mean really all that happens is Nestor tries to get her attention and she says hey I'm busy playing Tetris yeah, she she's like trying to be a mom very briefly, and then just ends up playing Tetris. <laughs> just bails on that on that idea. Yeah, and she probably maybe, maybe it's like uh, about to spoil the Queen's Gambit because <laughs> she does look like the mom in the Queen's Gambit that uh, takes what's her face in and then uh, dies of an overdose in Mexico or whatever. <laughs> I've, I've never seen the Queen's Gambit. Uh, maybe cut that out. I don't want to spoil the Queen's Gambit for anybody. That show's really good. Uh, and then in the third comic, uh, Nestor reconnects with Howard at the Nintendo warehouse, presumably, and then uh, Howard beats him at Tetris. So, yeah, it's really—I I would say this is low caliber Howard and Nestor, but it's a bonus. So, you know, the more Howard and Nestor I can get, I'll you know, I'll take more lore. It says a lot about Howard and Nestor tonally and thematically that the side story that you're not supposed to even read or that you can forget about is the only time we see Nestor's mother. Hey, yeah, it's a very good point. Like, that's not, um, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, the, the, the people know what they're doing. It's true. Uh, and, yeah. uh, I kind of like this as well because we kind of, uh, we'll wait till we get to the big Howard and Nestor comic, but I felt like this next comic is a turning point for the series. And so I'm glad we had a little bit, one more slice of nor- normal Howard and Nestor before everything changes. Wow. What a, what a preview. And ironically enough, the next section is previews, but we should just skip it so we can get to the comic. Yeah. Honestly, uh, Willow. We'll talk about cool. all these games later. These games rule. Ruby Ransom Ran. Yeah, these are all good games. Batman, River City Ransom. I'm, I'm down. I'm yeah. down to talk about all these. Um, class- and then we hit uh, classified information. But I don't have any of these games, so these tips do nothing for me. Yeah. The only thing is, like, I just saw Mega Man 2, and I'm like, I like Mega Man too. That's <laughs> that is a that is a good game you can play for the NES. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into the real meat here. Howard and Nectar. Yeah, so we've arrived. We're here. This is the main entree. We got the little appetizer of Howard and Nestor. That's right. Uh, we've got the nice ribeye steak coming in. Uh, we ate some roasted garlic. Uh, green beans or I don't know. And yeah, I don't want to fully spoil it, but this is for sure what I would call the turning point of the series is, is the specific comic book. I don't know if that's how you felt, but this hmm. is it. I felt like they have been just loading up the gunpowder and we take the shot with this one and everything changes. It's definitely, so the first thing they do, they right out of the gate, they throw us a curveball that we couldn't possibly have seen coming, which is that we... I, so it sets up with a little text box that Dr. Wiley sends out challenges about like matching wits against 
him the evil genius yes. to become master of Skull Castle. Because we're in we're in the Mega Man universe right this now. This is a it's a Mega Man themed episode. But the first kind of dresses Mega Man, kind of going to the boss of Mega Man, who's Doctor Wily. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? This is not how Mega Man works at all. So <laughs> no, yeah, it's like it's, there, there is no battle of wits. It's not a quiz show. In Mega Man, he's literally blowing apart robot monsters to stop Dr. Wily, who's trying to take over the world. Yeah, there's more of an action approach versus a uh, uh, just an old man, an old creepy man living in a skull castle who wants riddle ma- like riddle the, battles. This is wild because I, I just, my first question that popped into my mind was, is Mega Man an adaptation of a real thing that happens, you know, in this world? And is is like... Is it kind of a, well, we got to make the quiz interesting. So what if Mega Man had a gun and shot the robots instead of just uh, having a quiz tournament? Oh, so you're saying this comic is more true to what Mega Man was supposed to be versus the games. Yeah, I think that's what the comic is trying to say is it's like, uh, you know, let's tell it like it is and not like the games lied to you. Yeah, that's a good Uh, point. Because like children uh, go to this man's castle, his skull castle, and uh, if they beat him at his robot quiz, they get to... Be in charge of the castle. Yeah, I they become absolutely. the new Doctor Wily. Kind of a Willy Wonka scenario. It's Willy, absolutely right. And yeah, so it's both rewriting this. You know, yeah, again, like this is this. Ooh, this. I mean, this is one media comic today, and so it changes everything about Howard Nestor and about Mega Man. You know, it's 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 a real swap, uh, and it's it's just a big ride because he goes in to have this riddle ba- battle with an old man, but whoa, plot twist! He's not going against the old man in this battle of wits. It's true. Uh, he has built a robotic Howard to to battle. I was I yelled out in surprise when I saw this panel. He and he's kind of this puppet looking. He looks kind of cool on like <laughs> honestly, I kind of do like the design of robot Howard. It, the bow tie because Howard already looks like a, a ventriloquist dummy because he has a bow tie. <laughs> so seeing him with a ventriloquist dummy robot mouth, it just fits perfectly. And this is so bizarre, like. In one of these panels, so Nestor shows up at the ca- castle and he's like, I'm here to challenge him. I'm going to do it. And then a robot dog answers the door in this third panel and is like, so where is this amazing Nestor person? And Nestor's like, I'm right here, jerk. And yeah. that dog in the game shoots fire at you. Like, it's so weird. He just answers the door. Yeah. We're getting like the real, we're getting a more honest approach to what Mega Man should be. Because when I play Mega Man, I'm often thinking like, it's fun, but this is not believable. But this is like, yeah, this, this is, is what, way more this believable. Is, I, I, I'm believing this whole story. It's grounded. It's interesting. Um, it's human. Uh, and it's, again, full of twist by twist by twist. Like there's like five, like, okay, so, you know, we're, we're, we're Nestor against Howard. And immediately you're like, right. I know how this is going to play out, right? Yeah. This yeah. is so clear. A, because, as soon as the Battle of Wits starts, it's not a riddle. It's a, a you, Nintendo, like... It's a trivia contest it's, it's a trivia for, on for Nintendo, Nintendo games. games. And you know Nestor is going to eat shit like he always does yeah. and fuck it up. His arrogance, he's going to fly too close to the sun. His his wax wings are going to melt. Yeah, and so, Howard's going to, like, slap him in the face a couple times. Yeah, probably, like, abuse him and keep abuse him out, keep him out know, of the foster fucking, system where he can get the help that he needs. Uh, uh, keep whispering into his mom's ear, keep playing Tetris. Yep. <laughs> Play Tetris into your grave. Uh, yeah, so they end up in this big, it, it looks like a boxing Ooh. ring, kind of. I'm actually going to throw that into a theory for the previous comic. Okay. I do think, uh, you know, uh, in 
in Lord of the Rings, there's that old king who's like an old man, and there's the worm tongue whispering yeah, in his ear. Played by Brad Dourif. Kind of making him hollow and, and, and vacant. I think that might be Nestor's mom is the old king. Okay. The, the old sunken eyes playing Tetris. And Howard's and Howard got is an worm eight, tongue yeah. whispering lies in his ears. <laughs> keep him from writing to save the day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so there's like a big... Okay, here we go. With the con, all right, so Nestor found himself face to face with the ultimate in simulated intelligence designed specifically to play video games. With the contest about to begin, he silently recited some of his best tips, the sort that were guaranteed to stump this silicon opponent. The first to miss three questions would lose the match, his reputation, and everything else. That's pretty high stakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we're 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 sitting there. I'm just sitting there, just being like, okay, okay. Uh, I, you know, we've seen this story before. We've seen this happen a lot of times. Um, yeah, Nestor feels weirdly confident and competent. And we've, you know, this is the first time we've seen Robot Howard. So that's maybe the big difference here. And um, it definitely has some interesting impl- implications of. Um, you know, Howard is often like a shapeshifter. He's, you never know where he's at. And the idea of a robot Howard being out there is pretty scary and dangerous. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, apparently not because here's the Outside crazy Outside your, your thing. window at night, climbing up the side of your yeah, house. Yeah, so it's like, okay, if there's one hot robot Howard, I'm guessing Ro- Howard's got an army of, like, because Howard is kind of like always everywhere. Like, he's clearly uh, uh, setting up the like he's like playing a game of how like a, a like he's building a house of cards with this boy's life yeah. you know every little detail everything nestor does you know whether you know if he's at uh you know he's like, well he is 22 years old so he could probably drive and so when he chooses when he gets a car wash and he chooses the scent in, you know, you in, know in, ne- in the car, nestor never but, got his driver's yeah, license probably he has not. so much work for but, for him <laughs> You know, uh, Howard knows what shirt he's going to pick for the morning. He knows what he's going to have for breakfast because those are all decisions he's oh, yeah. carefully planned out for Nestor to make. He made sure that Nestor never bothered to do the bare minimum and, to get his driver's license. And as usual, as you would expect, like Howard is, you know, he's got robot Howard doing his biddings, but he's out there probably in the stands thinking, I knew Nestor was going to show up for this battle of the wits. I knew this robot's going to be here. We've got an overly arrogant Nestor coming in dressed as Mega Man. I'm ready. Like he, he's sitting there. Just he knows this is everything. Ex- this is everything's going to plan until Nestor wins. That's the Nestor wins the battle. I, I had to put the magazine down for a second because I just could not believe that after all this buildup. Because the robot's doing fine. The robot's answering questions, but so is Nestor. Yeah, I mean he's a, he's a robot built off Howard. This is should be his ballpark. This is his game. Yeah, and then Nestor. Um, is caught with this ultimate moment. And he, part of the thing is that this tournament is a battle of wits that goes back and forth. There is no MC giving out the questions. There's not a host. No, they're asking each other video game questions. And then Nestor wins with the brilliant idea to ask this robot, how do you get out of this castle? And the robot can't do it. And, um, kind of malfunctions and you know nestor kind of gets carried off as a hero all the robots come and put him on his shoulders and nestor's the winner you know it's like this boy finally got a little bit of uh love and peace and you yeah. know and respect and i don't know if he got love but he definitely got no, peace and respect yeah, he didn't get love he gets the uh, castle dr wiley's point. furious yeah. uh, apparently the real w- rules of Mega Man are that you win the trivia contest you get to keep the robots and <laughs> dr wiley's dragged away by his minions which is interesting. Was Dr. Wiley going to get dragged away no matter who, like, well, I guess Howard was his side, right? 
I'm amazed at how um, the real Dr. Wily is we're seeing in this comic as opposed to the video game Dr. Wily that's a lie. Like the real Dr. Wily is um, perhaps not very bright because his robot minions just start obeying Nestor, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like Nestor gets the key. He, 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 it really is Willy Wonka rules. You're right. Yeah, it's, this is yeah clearly the inspiration for Willy Wonka. Um, uh, Where's you know, your loyalty? Uh, like I'm sure these robots are going to, you know, carry him, carry away Dr. Wiley and turn him into Laffy Taffy, uh, kind of Willy Wonka ish. They're going to turn him into robot chips. <laughs> and, you know, we kind of have a moment afterwards of, you know, Nestor talking to robot Howard kind of, you know, just he's, he's, he's he, clearly got status over him. The this sun is setting absolute, on a perfect day. Absolute power shift here. And then boom, Howard wakes up. This was all a nightmare. It was all a dream. And brilliant. Uh, this, but this is where it gets even deeper to me. This okay. is where the whole thing gets even deeper. Cause I got to hear this for the last couple of comics. We've uh-huh. been talking about, we've been getting in, into inception territory. Right. Right. Uh, where in a couple. Yeah. Cause comics, Howard was trying to a incept couple of comics Nestor. ago. Howard incepts Nestor. Right. Uh, Nestor's having a dream mm-hmm. and Howard comes in and ruins the day. And we were talking about how that's clearly Howard incepting Nestor to control him. Yeah. And Howard wakes up, has is having a dream where Nestor now comes in and, and wrecks the day. So I believe Nestor incepted Howard to get back at him. Wow. There's incepting happening all over the place. <laughs> it's an inception battle. Yeah. I think so. Nestor must have found out somehow that Howard incepted him. And I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure at this point he's. Becoming increasingly self-aware that Howard is like constantly ruining his life, you, and so I think okay. he probably stole whatever machine and tech he has and gave him a taste of his own medicine. We finally saw Nestor step 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 back. I think that that's, I mean, that's a great take. And okay, I came away with a slightly different impression, but okay. it's also the important thing is both the things that the theories that we have about what's going on are built on what we've learned in the comic about these two so far. Because one of the things, even in issue one, we were talking about, you know, how haunting it's got to be to be Howard, Uh like attempting to control Nestor's life so that he'll take his game tips at long last. And how eventually this is going to come back and haunt Howard. Like what he is doing to this kid is going to eat at him. And so my take looking at this was it's like, this kid really is consuming his life. Like he's got, I mean, he's in a single bed. Yeah, he's supposed to have a wife and kids. That's a great point. Yeah. They're he, not around. So, so they've he, already left him. Huh? And, um, all he can do now, you know, his waking hours are already entirely consumed with controlling this kid's life. And now when he lays his head down to sleep, he doesn't rest. He just sees the kid again. And he sees his worst fears are about the kid, which is that the kid could be successful. On his own, yeah. could even potentially defeat him, or a you know a robot automaton or, made in his image. That is interesting. That like so, if we do, because really, end of the day, I'm really not sure which which is correct. I mean, that's the whole point of this. That's that's the interesting part of Howard and Esther is, you know, a billion. There's so much lore here that you know right. you have so many theories of what's happening. And the thing is, it's such a brilliant comic that they don't tell you. Like they they give you enough, but they don't quite tell you the answer so it's just so interesting to think about and stuff like that but do you have uh you you don't have a quarter do you we should flip and just choose one of those to be true 
Okay. Do and you have a quarter? I would also point out, too, that we've been doing so much dream stuff. Oh, dude, you've got a I, wallet full of coins. I, this I, is I, a- I do not have a quarter. Okay, hang on. I can grab a quarter. Okay. Uh, here, yeah, we can do a little pause. I, I'd say my only other thing to say is okay. we really, at this point, I think we have had so many dream comics, and we have had so much potential. It's inception, so much, so much crazy stuff happening. Yeah. I truly think from now on, we might for the rest of Howard and Nestor, and I think most likely are probably in dream world. I think that that's a safe bet. I think that, yeah, I mean, just like when the Inception sequel comes out, uh, you right, know, let's flip we're going to have to have that same question. Let's flip that coin. Let's flip that coin. Do I have a coin? Hang on. Um, Who uses physical money anymore? Uh, you think we can get a coin flip simulator? Yeah, let's run software. You ready to flip it? Yeah, you have a simulator? Yep, I've got a coin flip simulator. So I have coins in my car for well, parking meters. And this is really going to actually, and this is going to be pretty big because it's really going to heavily affect my rating at the end of this uh, oh, uh, for wow. the characters. So it's either heads, Nestor, incepted two as payback, Howard. incepted yeah. Howard. All right, heads, Nestor, incepted Howard as revenge. And then tails. Tails. Howard is finally dealing like... Getting Howard's obsessions are his, starting to torture him. This is kind of like uh, the end of There Will Be Blood, or like he's yes. we're kind of he's clearly losing his humanity. He's just apart. beat Nestor to death in the gutter of a bowling alley lane with a bowling pin, <laughs> and is alone in his mansion. Nestor's covered Nestor's in bowling. Nestor's, Nestor's funky. Nestor's funky. <laughs> All right. So heads is Nestor incepted Howard. Tails. Nestor's funky bullet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, flip it. Oh, it's it's an animated heads. Yeah. All right. I'm actually excited. I wanted it to be yours. <laughs> I like yours better. So <laughs> officially, Nestor has incepted Howard as payback. Nestor has incepting technology. So it's kind of like a prank war between the two of them, but. But with like, but with dire, dire, hot, yeah, fucked with, up consequences. With truly plucking away at memory and Jesus. And, and so wow. I would say from now on, I would probably look for um, who is incepting who. And at any point, yeah, someone's actions could be an inception seat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I, we if we have a moment where like Howard says, you know what, Nestor, you're right, and I'm wrong, that probably means that. 24 hours ago, Howard was on a plane, and Nestor was behind him and put him to sleep and incepted him. Incepted to, him. To do that. Real, he incepted him real deep with a new idea. So, yeah, I, I think at any given point. Which, actually, that's a good thing we should probably talk about is when we do see these Inception segments, because I'm sure this isn't going to be the last. Yeah. What is the seed Nestor's trying to put in Howard? What is it purely a gotcha get? Because, you know, the thing is, Nestor's not smart enough to... To, you know, I don't know if he's smart enough to. Yeah, I so, wonder if in his head, like when Howard did it to Nestor, he probably was putting like a very complex, deep seed into him that's going to be like, I'm going to make him do this thing later. Yeah, Where when Nestor's doing it, it kind of feels like a uh, foolish swinging of the arms. It just kind of seems more like a payback without any, with any, without any deeper in, means in like plan behind the it. first movie of the Inception trilogy. The idea that they incept is I will break up my father's company. Yes. Which I, I think is, first of all, 
it's a simple idea, but stated very authentically mm-hmm. in a kind of sophist- in an emotionally sophisticated way. Um, and yeah, when Howard incepts Nestor, as we've seen, the ideas are subtle. They're like, uh, I'm not going to do this work today. You know, it, it's like yeah, stuff yeah, that it, would cause him to eventually fail. Yes. It I was think planting it's, failure. Yeah. And, and what adds credence to the fact that not only is Nestor incepting Howard here, but he's not very good at it, is the idea here is not an I blank, I will blank. It's Nestor is good at games. <laughs> <laughs> So I think Howard, yeah, so he's haunted, but I bet he also figures out really fast that Nestor has the incepting technology because he's like, wait, the idea that's now in my head is Nestor is good at game. (laughs) Not even games, it's one. (laughs) Well, yeah, well, I mean, that's, I guess we'll have to see how this plays out. It's, it's, that's why I'm so curious. It's, we, we kind of. Oh God, you know what's incredible? Sorry, what were you going to say? I I was going to say the cats of the bag, like it's like. I, I would say stakes have elevated. Like Howard is going to, unless, I mean, I don't think Nestor did a good enough job. I'm sure Howard knows that Nestor tried to incept him. And so like, this is the first time he saw Nestor do something out of his control. And so, you know, what, what a, how would a psychopath react to that? Uh, yeah, overcorrect. He, like, he, yeah, he's got a, he goes to the bathroom at the, um, at the, you know, at his home where his family has left him. You know, or the one that he moved out to. Yeah, because he's clearly which is true. That is good. No matter what, even though we won't, we 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 we, we hit heads, and it's canon that Nestor accepted yeah. him. We still do know that Howard's family left him. Yeah, he's he's in a twin bed yeah. alone. There is no evidence of anybody else in his home. It's yes. just him. So wife and kids gone. Uh, probably for the best for them. Yes, if, if we're being honest, proud of their safety. Uh, I honestly, I think that you were. Even though we flipped a coin to say which one is true, I think the inception, incepting, sorry, Nestor incepting Howard is the correct <laughs> is is the correct one because this is what I was blown away by as I just realized. You know, I spent a lot of time talking up how weird it was, but probably like true that in Mega Man, you know, the Mega Man as represented in video games is a shooter, but in the real world, apparently. It's Mega it's a Man. Riddle. Yeah, you just go to a guy's castle and it's a Willy Wonka thing. Yes. Well, I think that this is also evidence that Nestor incepted Howard with these ideas because Nestor is his version of Mega Man is so broken and weird. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, like so Howard is now going to have to go to therapy to deal with like the uh, disconnect in his mind Whoa. between what he's been incepted to know Mega Man is and what it actually is. I've got a crazy theory. I think this I, bring is it on. Wrong, I'm ready. But my, I, what if Nestor just in, put planted the seed of bad video game advice into Howard? Oh, uh, what if that would that? If you want to destroy Howard, the way you would do it is to flip, is to start feeding him incorrect Nintendo facts. This is some five D chess because, like, yeah, <laughs> Howard's going to walk away with this. He's going to splash water in his face. In, you know, in his bathroom with his, like, face mask material, you know, psychopath stuff that he uses to get ready. And he's going to think that, like, what Nestor pulled over on him was the incepting idea of Nestor is good at game. But. But what? But what he's actually incepted. That was a decoy, yeah. He is, Nestor has given him some basic idea that is, like, fundamentally shifted in Howard's mind how video games operate. Maybe just Mega Man, but maybe also other games. He may at this point think that Super Mario Brothers 
is a, a puzzle game or an RPG or something. Like he is yeah, so absolutely. He maybe he thinks Super Mario Brothers functions like Jeopardy. Like uh, some kind of live he event. Really ha- yeah, he's really like thrown video game logic on its head with this dream. And uh, I, I, I can't think of a more destructive idea to feed into a Howard Phillips. My, okay, so this is like I see, I see that writing on the wall. Like I think that could definitely be like an in- insane pullover, Howard. Yeah. I just, I don't, my own, is, is Nestor smart enough for that? Like, or is, is who, it? Who is really pulling the strings behind the incepting right now. Yeah, that's a good point. So if, okay, so if this, if this is, if it is this five layer chess, I don't, there must be some third entity we don't know about at this, at this point. I think that that's, I think that makes complete sense. And I look forward to what comes next. Cause I got to know. And that's, Ooh, I've got another idea. Here's another little theory. All okay. Right. So what if, so Nestor has Howard, but what if, you know how like abusers repeat? Yeah. So what if when, Howard was a little nester. He had his own Howard. Yeah. So who is the Howard's Howard? Yeah. So and that that's got to be the person behind the scenes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's a potential. Interesting. Wow. This one. I'm telling you, this one was real loaded. I I, I thought it was a real turning point for the whole series. I I kind of feel like a little idiot because when I read this one initially, like I I had no idea. I was just like this. This is a comic about Mega Man with the rules of Mega Man are completely wrong and uh, Nestor wins. This is just some side, oh, side quest yeah. well, dream sequence thing. I, but now that we've had this conversation, I just, this is like Brothers Karamazov. You know, I mean, every time I, every time I, I read a Howard It's like Nestor. War in, in Pieces or what other uh, Tolstoy can I mispronounce? <laughs> Anna Karnina. Anna Karnida. Anna Cardinia. Cardindong. Uh, yeah, no, wow. clearly it's, wow. it's, it's, again, it's, you have to read each of these comics like five times to really get everything that happens here. There's so much, so much mechanics happening. And yeah, I, I agree. This was, uh, this wild. Truly for the first time, do not, I do not know what this next issue is going to be. This next comic could be literally anything. They have a blank check. Hey, I have a question for you. What's up? How many comics do you think it is until Nestor is just dead? <laughs> I, this is this is a question you've asked me before yeah, but i'd love to get your take on it uh to be honest the way i'm starting to think howard might be the first one dead oh my god really yeah because mm. wow i don't think nestor's in control well he actually i think we've got I think Nestor loses an arm in the next three. Okay. Is what I'll say. I think that's a, that's great. That's a great take. I, I like that a lot. I think that's probably going to happen. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Do you have anything, any other final thoughts on this? Like big, like a lot happened. I feel like we've hit most of it. I really want to know is Howard's wife and child. Did they move out or did he move out? Because it's not really clear from the comic. That's what I would like to know. Oh, so do you, like, do you mean more in like, do you think like his parents or his like family was like fed up with him and like left? Or is this a scenario yeah, that, of, of him like distancing, like as he's getting deeper and deeper in this fucked up game? Like, is he like just, did he just leave before it like, before his like family could realize what the monster he's become? Yeah, I, I could see it being, uh, it could go either way. And I, I guess we're just going to have to find out in a later in a later uh, edition of the comic, because I could see it being like Howard comes home one day and realizes 
too late, the eerie silence in the house, because they're definitely home. The car is out front, the, the mom's car is. But he, he realized too late that he didn't fully close and lock the door to the creepy, you know, Nestor room where he has all of his surveillance and like oh, yeah. Nestor's psych profiles and like the rejection letters from the foster care Inception system. technology? Yeah, the, his incepting Which, which his the wife could box. have grabbed and given to Nestor? Oh my God, maybe. Yeah, and he of course opens the door to see that his kid is like staring horrified at this, at his true heart, if you will. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's when, that's when they left. Or maybe it was just that, you know, he... The, the kid's like, you're going to be at my baseball game, right, Dad? And he's like, sure, huh. kid. And not only did Howard not go, but he went to incept Nestor and just never came home. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually just had a... <laughs> with, like, and, like, we are see, we're seeing his, like, family in this, like, state. And I also yeah. think another thing that can't, shouldn't be overlooked is his personification of himself in Dreamform is as a emotionless robot, as a hollow robot. So that's how he thinks of himself. You know, can I just say, I think the robot is the physical manifestation of his obsessions, and he manifested himself as Dr. Wiley. Oh. I think he's Dr. Wiley in his mind's eye. That'd be interesting. And the robots are um, the judging eyes of the people around him who do not understand. That I mean, that would I, I would say that would further, if he was Dr. Wiley, that yeah. would f- further... Um, I think go to the point of tricking him to into not understand how video games work. I yeah. think that would put him right in the center of that world. And maybe the castle is like the manifestation of his need to give Nestor game tips. It's it was a big one, man. I I, I think I'm ready to move on. I, <laughs> I I don't have anything else to say about it. Yeah, should we do the top thirty? Yeah, we got video shorts, but who cares? <laughs> I, at this point, video shorts very much feels like uh, we'll give some lip service to the games that we don't think are good enough to feature. Yep, and none of them seem like. Oh well, they've got. It's Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Yeah. That's a, that's a beloved series um, for somebody. <laughs> let's have that top thirty, and let's just talk about the top five. Let's uh, do it. You you want to do this one? You want to you want to rattle it off? I think I did the last. Did one. You did the last one. All right. Yeah. I'll, okay. All right. Here at we number go. five, we've got. Blaster Master. Hey, it's Fred. Number four. Back in the top five, we've got The Legend of Zelda. Or is it back? I don't know. Uh, number I, three, we've yeah. got Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden's really good. Gaiden. Gaiden. At number two, we've got Super Mario Bros. 2. Yeah, all right. And at number one, we've got Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Congratulations. I've got a little... To all of these first-party Nintendo games. I know, they're all... <laughs> but I, I'm curious. I am wondering, as time goes on, like... The Legend of Zelda is kind of sticking it sticking to the top five. I wonder, yeah, if as the hype for the Zelda two and Mario Bros two d- die down, if they will drop down and Zelda two will prevail as a top five game. That, yeah, I'm not sure. We'll have to see. Uh, do I have any strong opinions about the retailer picks? On I, the next? Well, I would say the only big thing about this thing is uh, they they reveal that on the pros picks they do reveal that they are the game counselors. Uh, below, they say oh. they, they label them as the game counselors. Oh, so, wow. It, it is now confirmed that players are just random people who play it. Pros are the game counselors. Yeah. So, players' picks, that's your. Dealers are still a bit of a mysterious force. We think they're like just like store owners. I think it's, yeah, it's the Nintendo resellers. 
voting because they always vote with the games that sell the most. Yeah. Uh, nothing especially surprising about these individual lists, but um, that was a that's a good catch. I did not catch that. that the yeah, pros so we got a little more information, but yeah, it's it's pretty. Those have been those. I think all those five games are familiar names. You know the. Hmm. Uh, we have Pack Watch, and again, there's not too much I want to focus on here, except that we have another weird Gossip Gremlin illustration. So at the bottom, uh, they did you see this in the lower left corner, page eighty-five? Yeah, the, the specifically the astronaut one, really. Yeah, the out. astronaut one. I'm gonna try. We, we should try to describe this. It is uh, okay. So there's an astronaut spacesuit. And then an astronaut outside of a spacesuit, like in their skivvies, leaning on the back of the suit. And behind that is an alien that looks like it's wiping its brow. Yeah, so it's one of two things. All right, what are the two things you think this is? <laughs> it's either a kind of Twilight Zone scenario where um, there's an astronaut and he takes off the suit and there's a human behind. It's a human that comes out of that suit. And then the human takes off a suit and it's an alien that comes out. Right? Okay. Because it's kind of a double layer suit scenario, plot twist. Oh, right? that's probably what it is because I can see the zippers. Yeah, or it's a full on orgy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is like post coital cuddles. Like yeah. this, is a, this is a cuddle pile, yeah. is what that is. So it's one of the three or one of the two. No, leave the space suit on. <laughs> 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 that's what, yeah, me and the alien and uh, the third person, this Troika, we make them leave the space suit on. <laughs> But what you know, whether it's a um, suit Twilight Zone scenario or a, a, a big old space orgy, uh, truly has no reason to be here. Why it, is this image here? There, there's no reason. That that you explaining it was the first time I caught the zippers. That's super insane. This illustration. It has nothing to do. It's it's for the bases loaded. It's for like. They're and, gossiping about a sports game, right? In previous issues, the Gossip Gremlins, I've called them out before because they always look weird. But the next Gossip Gremlin is just a bird in a, like one of those bicycles that's also a Helio thing. Like it's a you know 1900s flying machine. Yeah, so it's interesting because the Gossip Goblin, actually, now that we're talking about it, we should, we should be bringing up these Gossip Goblins more. Because yeah. they are fun. They they started I off think as they're kind great. of they started off as kind of like generic bad Pokemon, but now they're getting pretty high concept. A bird on a on a plane that's you know that's ironic. Yeah, in the last illustration on here, yeah. So you have uh, astronaut threesome. You have the bird with the plane, and then you have a uh, it's like a little little gnome guy falling asleep next to a cup of soup with his spoon and <laughs> like a that tiny guy. Honestly, that looks like something out of a storybook illustration. I actually liked it. I, for some reason, the idea, he kind of looks like a, a, a black mage from Final Fantasy a little bit. Yeah, he's got the he's big got wide brim hat. The big old brim hat and kind of like a cloak and no face. Uh, and the idea of like this black mage looking guy with a gigantic spoon, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that does it for me. Is the spoon his... Yeah, like, okay, so... I'm assuming the spoon was for the soup, but I like the idea that's also like his staff. His staff is a big spoon. This is that, what was that mouse-based fantasy adventure where the mouse had Red, like a toothpick or something Redwall? as a sword? Is that what it is? I think it's, I think I... Redwall was like a big, like, children's book series of like different rodents. Yeah, this is kind of like... fantasy setting. Kind of like that. It's like, hey, his spoon is a staff. Yeah. His staff is a spoon. Uh, Shadowgate is coming up in issue 10 and uh, they preview it here and man, I love just... By the way, I still love Shadowgate. The end. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if we head on to the NES Journal, 
This is our first look at... Uh, shit, I can't... Oh, oh. Captain N, the Game Master. Yeah. They, they preview... We've taught, we, we went through the fan fiction that was the original pitch. Yeah, we went through yeah the failed uh, story, and now... You think it was failed? Yeah, I mean, I think anything that lasts no, we, two we, issues. <laughs> <laughs> You're being sarcastic. Uh, you brought this up a couple times, but I did not fully picture it correctly because it's like kind of this it's it's a lot more weird than i thought it was going to be to be honest it's it's, it's very a very weird. unique it's like a guy who gets sucked in a tv and he meets all these video game characters but it seems like the only real video game character he teams up with is mega man who looks nothing like he looks like a like alternate version of mega man he also doesn't sound like so captain in the game master is very strange uh, as a cartoon it's uh yeah, it's this kid from. My favorite thing is the opening sequence. Is and if you've if you're listening to this and you've never seen an episode of Captain in the Game Master, please go. Please go at least watch the opening credits because they are nuts. Yeah, yeah. So it's live action, and this kid's in his room and gets sucked into a video game with his dog. Uh, this kid from Duke. Northridge, his dog Duke. Duke, Duke the dog. And uh, there he's joined by a hot teenage princess, Princess Lana. Is she from a game? No, she's just a hot princess. She's yeah. like a hot 80s cartoon character for to be a love interest for 15-year-old Kevin, Kevin Keen, uh, who's got his letter, letter jacket and uh, his Nintendo belt with a controller on it that lets him do superpower stuff, and he has a zapper. And, uh, yeah, then there's, like, a version of Mega Man who talks like this. It's, it's like a... a um, Oh, the Lollipop Guild, Wizard of Oz, the Munchkins. He's like a Munchkin. Yeah, he kind of looks like a Munchkin. He's like, weird. So whoever created this, like, does not know what makes Mega Man cool. Yeah, or maybe actually, like, as we talked about, we're getting a lot of different Mega Man um, takes. And so Mega Man's kind of clearly becoming a thing. It's like, nobody really knows what Mega Man is. It's, yeah, it's kind of like Pikachu's tail tip. Maybe Mega Man is a place. so and there are they're not shown in this article but there are a bunch of other video game characters simon belmont also nothing like the real simon (laughs) belmont he's like this kind of self-centered doofus there is a a kid icarus guy who's uh, close enough to the real pit he's uh he's just kind of a kid and then there's like the the villains from each of these so you have uh eggplant wizard Who's kind of like a uh, like is that guy? Yeah, He's kind of an idiot. Oh, brother, yeah, coming I, over I, right I, I now, master. Eggplant wizard as a main villain, and like King Hippo is is kind of like is a eggplant wizard. The main villain of Kid Icarus? No, they're like mid tier villains. Yeah, except for Doctor Wily, who is the main villain of Mega Man, um, and then Mother Brain from Metroid, who talks like uh, the plant from um, Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> Oh, it. I'm going to get you. Like, it's that. <laughs> oh, step into my little plant trap. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 a lot, it's weird. It's, it's so strange. It's nothing like any of the things that it's based on. And the Super Mario Brothers Super Show and the Legend of Zelda cartoon, at least. Yeah, somewhat are- follow a thread. Like, they, like, if Mario was in this, he would be, like, um, a really tall uh, buff guy with a whip and a red hat. Yeah, he would be like what Simon Belmont is actually. Yeah, he would be alongside Simon Belmont, but with a red cap on. I, I wish they'd done that. I wish they'd done that <laughs> yeah. and gotten Mario so completely wrong. I mean, I, what happened here 
is aside from what Mother Brain and Kid Icarus, uh, and I guess the Punch Out characters, you have some third party Nintendo characters or NES game characters from. So you have Mega Man. That's well. Do you think it's like okay? So my questions would be: Do you think it's because there huh. isn't really like an we're so early on video games that there's not really official art for this stuff? Because you know re- they're really basing it off like pixels. I you think know? it's and, it's like, like your complaint about Dragon Warrior earlier, where they're throwing out the actual stuff and replacing it with way lamer. Yeah, totally. Just because Deke, like the animation company that made this, was like, uh, "We did animated Alf the series. I think we know what sells." Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So that ran for one season and it's totally insane. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I, need, I should watch an episode. Yeah, then we got celebrity profiles. Uh, I I don't know. I yeah. th- this dude Brian Robbins is not. He didn't. I never really watched he didn't anything. Stand the test of time. They have this little blurb about a big Othello tournament where they used the Nintendo version of Othello to display the matches as they were going on by matching the moves on a screen. Huh. Like at a chess tournament, and that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's more interesting in practice than theory, probably. But it is cool. Yeah. Or theory than practice. Uh, they, they do have. I liked this uh, write up of the summer CES show where the this girl Abby she won a contest to go to a trade show. Oh, from an earlier issue, right? Right. Yeah. It was the. We probably made fun of it at the time because, in my mind, going to a trade show sounds like work. But oh, maybe I, for see, her it was fun. I've always thought for these prizes, like a trip is always the best route. Oh, seems. totally. Yeah, she got to. There's even a picture of her in the corner standing in front of the Game Boy booth, and there's just a couple of people in suits next to her just doing trade show stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, 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 right. Yeah, but speaking of these contests. Oh, man. Uh, do we have a button for that? Player pull contest. This contest is nuts, Brett. I, I, yeah, holy crap. This is like overstepping the holiday one that was the previous best one this one's nuts it is a robocop 2 prize win a trip for four to the movie set of robocop 2 and you like it to meet the main actor and so you yeah you meet peter weller you get to witness some stunts and you get a tour of houston because this is like the last movie they shot in houston because like that would be pretty like to be on set of robocop and specifically like have that setup where it's like hey this is a day where there's gonna be like cool stunts that's pretty neat. So you've never seen any of the RoboCop movies we established earlier. Yes. These movies are hard R. If this were Robo... So RoboCop 1 is a movie I know a lot better than RoboCop 2. Yeah. But like going to the set of that, it's like, oh, did they they see the scene where they do the test in the boardroom and the, the uh, ED-209 or whatever the robot is doesn't turn off correctly and shoots the board member to death? And did he get to see them shoot the squib scene where the guy's already dead on the table and the robot's still shooting him? And there's just geysers of blood shooting out of him. Yeah. And they had to cut the scene because the movie would have gotten an NC-17 otherwise. Yeah. You know, do you think they saw that scene? Do you think they saw the scene where they had the guy done up like he'd been in a tax, uh, toxic vat and he's like melting and then they hit him with a car and he explodes into goo all over the front <laughs> of the car? You think he saw that scene being but, filmed? I mean, yeah, I'm sure like... I guess it wouldn't be out of the question because, um, like, these are, I don't know if you're riffing or if this is, uh, these are actual legitimate. scenes from the movie. <laughs> these are all actual scenes from the Robocop series. Do you think it was the scene where the, this is from Robocop too, where Robocop's going into an illegal nightclub and the guy looks in through the, uh, peephole to see that he's there. Robocop takes his data spike, which is a foot long metal spike that comes out of his hand and stabs the guy through the oh, eye. Oh, damn. That's what I'm talking about. 
was Robo? I mean, I guess I don't. I haven't seen RoboCop, but was it like? Because there are rated R movies. Like I could throw like The Matrix or Three Hundred in this thing, where it's like, yeah. Would you say like every kid saw those movies, even though they were rated R? Do you think RoboCop is a step above that in maturity? You know, yeah. Okay, so if you're gonna put me on the spot with an actual question, <laughs> I feel like The Matrix, the shooting of The Matrix, would have been totally fine for this contest because there's yeah. not all these like extremely shockingly violent and adult i think i think the the joke that i'm making is just robocop is so absurdly not for kids <laughs> that it's like not even yeah i feel like if i you know i i, I have no history of robo i do not know what robocop is when so when I guess a I'm, trip I'm... to the set of saving private ryan and it's the normandy <laughs> beach so it's like a bunch of people with their intestines out and yeah, like see, that would be fun. yeah. i think i'd get i'd be on on board with the bit a little bit more there's just like no when, when was it appropriate to have a 10 year old kid from nintendo power come on to set and watch this <laughs> oh man but i think the matrix like there's so much stuff in the matrix yeah the matrix would be different because when i think of the matrix I, I think of like cool acrobatics where i i haven't seen robocop but it's seeming like that's a show when you think about it you think of gory fucked up scenes i mean how many <laughs> anyways it's robocop's a great movie robocop 2 and eh, not as good Second place, you went in arcade cabinet. That's pretty dope. Yeah, unfortunately, it is the RoboCop game, but <laughs> yeah, that game's not that good. And that, that's the magazine. <laughs> and number ten is uh, it's an autographed RoboCop game pack. Uh, oh, who signs it? Signed by the oh, signed by Peter Weller. Yeah, dude, I, I would mean, take that. I almost want that more than either of the two other prizes. I would. I mean, I have to say, even though bits aside, this is pretty. Uh, I would say probably top tier of prizes. This is an arcade cabinet. The second, the second prize was a big ass arcade cabinet. That's pretty huge. And in other ones, last time it's like second prize was a copy of Nestor's Funky Bowling. And yeah, it was like you get a controller. We had one where the first prize was literally an RC car. Oh man, that yeah. was the number one prize. And yeah, this is definitely the first appearance of good prizes. But yeah, that that's it. That's yeah, it. That, and that's the issue. I do. I kind of wish I had an autographed Peter Weller arcade or, uh, cartridge, Nintendo cartridge, because yeah. that guy is kind of my hero in a lot of ways. <laughs> I got to see him at a and a years ago. First of, prize you would have gotten to meet him and oh, watch man. him like blow the head off of a, some, random, uh, <laughs> some random employee. Stick his data spike into a guy's neck and pull it out, and it seemingly pulls out a huge chunk of the guy's neck with it because there's just <laughs> blood and gristle coming out all over RoboCop's armor. That's what I'm talking about. Brett, we made it. We did it. It's been it's been a hell of a ride. It's time. This is gonna be a weird one. We gotta we gotta rate Howard and we gotta rate Nestor. We gotta give them points ratings for this issue. Yeah, it's hard, hard, how do you rate them after everything's changed? After everything's flipped on its said. Uh, Obviously, you have to give one to ten and one a one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yeah. You start. If you what, what are you feeling for this? Oh, man, I haven't given this any thought. So this is gonna be. Yeah, it's hard for me. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I can't. Hmm. Nestor incepted Howard. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's whether, pretty big. Well, I mean, when we clearly saw some pretty deep level stuff happening within the inception, whether that is, is his idea or not, the fact that he at least um, had the you know, ambition to pull this over on Howard, whether he's the one who thought of it or not, yeah. is impressive. Howard did not do a whole lot in this episode. I mean, we've known... It's a lot of stuff happening to Howard, honestly. He got incepted. His robot got defeated 
Yeah, I mean, if anything, this just humanized him a little bit. It, we we got to see how sad his life is. Uh, yeah, he's kind of on his heels. Like, yeah. uh, I, I'm. Uh, we don't know that he might have left his family as opposed to his family leaving him, but it does feel yeah. like his family yeah. left him. That's kind of what I feel. That's what I'm feeling. I, I agree. I think there's multiple things. I think they way. found his creepy nester room and yeah. his inceptor machine, and they took it away from him and like left him. I agree. Uh, so with that in mind, I, I guess I'll start with my Howard rating and, um, I'm going to give him a two for being on his heels and for having stuff happen to him. Well, that, that might be the lowest for Howard so far, right? I think I've given him a zero. <laughs> <laughs> I think I gave Howard a zero for being boring. He's not boring yeah. here. He's just not doing That's anything. That's a good point. Yeah, that is a good. Yeah. He, he's definitely not a zero for me. Uh, okay. And then. Plucky, plucky little Nestor is Mega Man doing his incepting with like a really basic idea that doesn't follow the rules for inceptions. But I mean, potentially a double layered idea, uh, and we truly don't know what happened there. Yeah, I think that he got himself got incepted to incept Howard by Howard's Howard is uh, kind of how it's playing out in my mind. Uh, but you know, okay, so here here's what I'll. This is why I think Nestor is worth giving a score to. His rendition of how Mega Man works is so completely wrong, but so completely confident in its execution. I'm just blown away by it. I just do not, I can't believe it exists. I can't believe that they put it into a comic in a kid's magazine. It's so completely off. Like they didn't even try to make it function like Mega Man with bosses and getting powers. And like, it's just a game show. Yeah. And that's just mind blowing. And that he would have the gall to go to one of the most respected, uh, video gameologists, if you will. Yeah. In Howard beloved by kids, tolerated by adults, very good at managing a warehouse, like go to that guy and just incept into his mind, the completely wrong perception of one of the best games for the Nintendo. Pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. I'm going to give him a seven. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well done, Nestor. Okay, so it's Nestor seven, Howard two. Here's what I'm going to yeah. go. So I could start with Howard, and I'm going to give him, I'll give him a three. Okay. It's kind of a blank check. I'm really curious how he's <laughs> going. It's my, I'm really waiting to see how he reacts to this. Um, yeah, yeah. And I feel like he could come out of this as, you know, frankly, a winner or a loser. I think either... Um, uh, either he overcorrects and becomes this like kind of ma- ma- maniacal maniacal genius kind of. Uh, oh, are you trying to say Machiavellian and maniacal uh, at the same I, time? I, yeah, I don't know. All right. uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so he could either, this could step into his potential next form where he really plays a, a much deeper game and we see him grow as a more intense kind of, you know, 7D chess. He's, he's, you know, how deep in this game of chess can he go? We're already up to 5Ds potentially. Or is he going to buckle and yeah. fail? And I don't know. And until I know the answer, I can only give him a three. And then Nestor, here's the thing with Nestor that I'm having a hard time is. Okay. So it just kind of feels like we've always seen him be completely manipulated by Howard. And now we're seeing him do different stuff. Apparently so. But we're seeing him buck the trend. But I don't think he's bucking the trend of Nestor because he kind of just cradled from one helpless baby to another because he's now being controlled by Howard's Howard. Yeah. So, you know, it's like Howard squared, if you will, we feel like he's changed, but has he, because all that I'm seeing is he's being manipulated by a different force. I feel like, again, he is a chess beast. He, you know, we've always viewed this game as a game of chess of Howard versus Nestor. And, um, 
uh, yeah, if this uh, ends up being Howard versus Howard, I'm going to be so bummed. Yeah, we've always thought it was Howard versus Nestor, and Howard's clearly winning. But what I'm starting to see is it's Howard versus Howard's Howard, and Nestor is the chess pieces. Yeah, and Howard is actually the Nestor. Yes. Yeah, so so it is a Howard and Nestor. So, I feel yeah, better about we're, it. We're, go, we're going deeper. So if anything, Nestor's gotten a downgrade. For At one point, I thought maybe he was a chess player, but now he's clearly the pieces being oh. used and abused by these people. So I have to give him a one. All right. Yeah, no, that that makes perfect sense. I, you know, I bet hard on him with the seven. I'm a little embarrassed now because you make such a strong case for the one. The thing is, I don't know. We guess we don't know, but that's just how I'm feeling. That's where my gut is. You know what this means is like we're gonna, it, we're just gonna have to see how it goes next time. Yeah, it's I, I'm I, I truly feel like I cannot wait for the next issue of Hard. When issue number eight of the Nestor and Howard podcast. It's nine, it's nine next time. We oh, This was issue eight. Wow, we're, we're getting there. The Now You're Playing with Podcast podcast is brought to you by the Podcast Power Players Power Team. Music by Games Cameron. Find back episodes, send us emails, and do cool stuff at our website, nowyourplaying.com. It's your with an E, because we know how to do grammar. Honestly, the amount of story they plowed in nine issue, eight issues is pretty impressive. Do you think this is like a Game of Thrones season where, season where episode nine is when shit goes down? I bet somebody, maybe the guy who wrote Captain Nintendo, started a novelization. I think Nestor dies next issue. <laughs>